Blog Talk Radio. surface, this isn't a bad thing, on the surface. 
there's nothing wrong with a girl wanting to be in Boy Scouts if she's a tomboy or a girl who's even interested in that sort of thing and she has no other outlet in her neighborhood. Because I'm guessing that there are several small towns, uh, smaller places where there just isn't, you know, the population for uh, maybe for Girl Scouts. So, or brownies or whatever it's called, girl guides, whatever their names are these days. Um, so that's one thing. But it's another thing now when you have taken away what you want, the experience you want a girl to have, uh, you've now taken away from a boy and forced them to become inclusive. Um, now, how you feel about that is a whole other argument, which we won't get into right now. Uh, but what I find very interesting is the fact that the uh, Girl Scouts are now up in arms uh, because uh, they feel this is going to hurt their membership. And they are in the middle of coming up with a new uh, uh, program for to uh, increase uh, enrollment because they don't like the, uh, we are and will remain the first choice for girls and parents who don't want to provide their girl opportunities to build new schools. So nothing wrong with that either, but like America, Canada, wherever else this is a problem, um, why do people have to ruin things for other people? Why can't we just leave Boy Scouts alone, and if boys want to be in Boy Scouts, they can? And we can make the odd exception here and there without having to tear the whole institution to pieces to make this work for everybody. It's ridiculous. Um, or why not startups? You know, why not have Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and a mixed one if that's what you prefer for your child? Uh, I don't know what it is in our culture that we just cannot be satisfied with what there is. We have to take what there is and turn it upside down and rip it to shreds and remold it to fit what we think is best for us and hell with everybody else. Because my kid or me or whatever the case may be requires the following and they must receive it. And if that means somebody else's dream of Boy Scouts gets shattered, well, screw them, who cares? Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. That one that one's a little tough for me. I, I wasn't really that big into I went to Cub Scouts for a couple of years when I was younger, but it really wasn't my thing. But for somebody that is, or you know, and does enjoy that, um Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why it why it needs to be changed at all. Seems ridiculous to me. Um I think it's a bad move. And I think they're gonna pay for it because they're gonna end up um, instead of satisfying, they get uh, two and a half million members or something like that. Uh, they're going to end up uh, making a move to keep uh, half a million, a uh, hundred thousand people happy, or ten thousand, or whatever the number is. And I can't imagine it's that many. And uh, you watch their their membership is going to melt away, and it won't be ten years from now. Uh, Boy Scouts or Scouts, as we're just going to call it now, apparently, will be something that hey, remember when there used to be Scouts? People go, yeah, what happened to that? And then uh, we can answer the snowflakes with, well, we had to fuck with it because it, it wasn't inclusive enough because God knows everything needs to be inclusive these days. So, yeah, that's my rant on that. Um, moving on to something a little more lighthearted. Um, 
for those of you who like to watch the TV, which isn't everybody, uh, on the Let's Make a Deal show last week, uh, Wayne Brady, who's the host of uh, Let's Make a Deal, who you might know from, uh, or probably know from, um, uh, whose line is it anyway, uh, pulled a couple out of the crowd and began to question them about, uh, you know, who's this and who are, you know, what you do and where you're from, et cetera, et cetera. And this poor man got thrown under the bus by his, what he thought was his girlfriend of six months, but to who she quickly informed the national television audience that he was, in fact, um, uh, they were just friends and that she was currently single. Now, you want to talk about uh, being left out to dry. You're on a nationally syndicated television show, however many millions of people watching. You're all so proud because you've got your latest woman up there, and you're quite uh, proud of the fact that she's with you, and uh, she stomps your heart on national television. Now, some may say that, of course, is a dream of many women <laughs> to get their man or the man they're unhappy with. But, oh, uh, wow. Um, now, in her defense, perhaps he was just uh, dreaming about the whole thing. And uh, he had no idea that, uh, that uh, you know, he was dreaming and then made it up in his mind that they were a couple when really they weren't. They were just friends or whatever, because Lord knows that happens enough. Um, men can be a little on the dim side when it comes to that sort of thing, especially when they're uh, we're talking about the love of their lives or, or when they get a really big or what they think are the loves of their lives. So let's be honest, men are a little bit dumb when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, so that was an interesting story, and it made the rounds. You can watch it on uh, it's on 157,000 views on YouTube. It kind of went semi-viral. But uh, it was funny because Wayne Brady just about dies, and he doesn't really know what to say. And I'm, um, I would wonder if it, this actually made the uh, the actual television show, or if it was recorded and then and then cut out, because it was awfully, you know, to make the blaper the, and make the blooper real. But uh, but that's about it. But uh, a little lighthearted uh, humor never hurt anyone. But the look on that poor guy's face was just like, oh, my God, like, how could you, you know, the puppy eyes and the whole nine yards. It was it was pretty humorous. Uh, all right, moving on from that. Next up, this is kind of a weird one. I'm not really sure. There's not a whole lot of details about this one out there yet. Um, but it's from Tom's hometown, um, where apparently this kind of behavior is... Uh, well, not tolerated, but it happens a lot more at Rougher City. Um, two guys working at an airport. So these are co-workers. Um, for some reason, they start a fight out at the airport. You know, out in the back where, you know, baggage handling, you know, where they load the airplanes up and all that kind of stuff behind the scenes where the passengers don't get to go. But you'd think there would be, you know, Philadelphia Airport, Philadelphia International Airport, one would think there would be some 
fairly heavy security there. And yet these two managed to uh, get in a fight. And uh, one of them stabbed the other one and killed him, which is just, I mean, I guess if you live in America, it's not so bizarre to hear somebody that stabbed somebody, but it's pretty odd for our two co-workers at work. Um, to, I mean, not probably not unusual for them to have a, a fight, but but uh, probably very unusual for uh, somebody to die over it in an airport. Um, apparently, they were. Uh, uh, one of the guys was still in the break room, and then the second guy walked out and turned the light off. So there was a pushing argument that turned into a verbal argument that uh, resulted in uh, uh, the uh, knife being pulled and the guy being stabbed in the in the stomach uh, where he was later pronounced dead at hospital. Uh, what does this say about people? Now I know there's always a, the odd wacko out there who somehow sends, tends to... Uh, somehow escapes uh, the screening and uh, hides his nuttiness enough that nobody really notices it, and then he turns into a loose cannon and everybody's surprised. But you would think to work in an international airport, you would have to pass some kind of screening test. And if you don't, you should. Um, That's a pretty sensitive place to work these days. Um, You know, what the hell do you tell people? Yes, hello, Mrs. Uh, I don't know what this guy's name was, and we won't even go that far, but somebody had to phone this guy's wife and uh, you know, tell him that he'd been stabbed to death at work over turning a light off in a break room. You know, America, the world, people, get your shit together. This is insane. And this should never, ever, ever fucking happen. I'm sure maybe you get up and uh, call a guy a fuckhead for turning the light off or whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, stab a guy because he turned the light off on you in the room you were standing in. I mean, good Lord. That is just ridiculous past all ridiculousness. Um, I have no idea of the authenticity of these two people. So we're not even going to try attempt to lay it on Latinos or Mexicans or blacks or anything else. It could just as easily have been two white guys, and I'm going to guess by their names that they may well have been. It doesn't matter because none of that enters into it or shouldn't. Uh, Wow, America, you fucked up. I don't know what else to to say to that one. Uh, So... Moving on from there, that's kind of a crazy one. Um, there's a couple we can talk about for a while. Uh, I don't know how much people give a shit about Caitlyn Jenner anymore, but uh, it turns out that uh, Bruce Jenner has not got himself enough publicity. He must have uh, people have kind of pushed him to the back burner because he's crazy, and uh, they don't really quite know, well, they don't care anymore, you know, his whole, uh, I'm a cross-dresser, I'm uh, 
whatever he became and went, I, I guess he's fully transitioned from what I understand. But nobody cared. It was kind of like, well, you know, if you're 67 years old, I think he was at the time. He's 69 now. Like, does anybody give a crap what he does? He's not famous. He's infamous more than famous, I'd say. Um, he has a, uh, I believe, if I have the story correct, I might have their ages wrong, but I believe Bruce is 69. I'm sorry, Caitlin. Boy, yeah, the snowflakes are just coming at me with pitchforks right at this moment. Um, has a girlfriend who I believe, if I read the story correctly, is 21. And is Sophia Hutchins, who is, by all accounts, a spoiled, rotten, rich kid. Now, that may have neither here nor there. Um, apparently, he, she is also a transgendered man. I believe I'm using. I hope I'm using the terms right. If I'm not, forgive me. Hold on, we have somebody on the board. You sir are on the air. Okay, what's up? How's it going? I see. Anything you'd like to talk about tonight? Uh, no. I mean, it's on you, man. Uh, whatever you, wherever you're going, we can do that. Wherever I'm going, you can do that. Yeah. I see. Well, that's interesting. Well, I was just talking about Caitlyn Jenner. You got any opinions on that? <laughs> no, not at all, man. I mean, that's not really interesting. What else you hit? No, you know anything with the playoffs? Anything like that? Oh, you want to talk? Well, if you want to talk some sport, you want to talk some basketball. I take it. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming this was, like a sports show. Oh, well, the basketball show is Wednesday night. This is just kind of the the shoot-the-shit show. But we can talk basketball if you want to, sir. That's not a problem. Tell me me what you want to talk about. No, how did you end up on that, then, the uh, Jenner conversation? Is it something I don't know about what's going on? Oh, because Friday night is we don't talk about sports normally on Friday night. Friday night is just kind of okay. pop culture nonsense and whatever craziness might be going on. Out in, okay, in well, the well uh, hit me. And like like we playing uh, blackjack or something. Well, hit me there. Then where are you going with uh, pop culture, man? Well, I was just I was just talking about uh, Caitlyn Jenner, but we can get off Caitlyn Jenner. What do you What do you think about this? How old are you? Do you mind me asking you how old you are, roughly? Eh, you know, man of a certain age. Let's do that. You okay? Old old enough to have your own kids? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, how do you feel about this? Uh, teenage girl, rich parents. Um, is getting an, a, a five thousand dollars a month for an allowance. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Parents. Okay. Parents decide that uh, that's too much money. Cut it down to a thousand. Daughter then ta- daughter then takes parents to court to try to get it back up to five thousand. Indeed, uh, I will say now, is that not insane? This. Yeah, that's insane in total. But uh, when you're dealing with put it like this, when you're in an insane position, all of the answers are going to be insane. So we're in the period now that's damn near like before the French Revolution, where you're talking about let them eat cake. 
We're talking about labor is really cheap. <laughs> labor is really cheap, but corporations are making profits that are unheard of, obscene profits. So the inequality that exists in this country will create situations like that, to where you got parents who are giving their kids five thousand dollars a month yeah. and looking at yeah, that. I mean, I don't know much. what you. Yeah, I don't know what you do for a living. Don't need to know. Don't need to know if you're rich or well, not. Well, well, let but, me let me ask you this. Let me ask, hold on. Let me ask you this. If me okay. and you walked on the, the floor at Wall Street right now and we asked everybody how much was a gallon of milk in a loaf of bread, do you think the answers would be accurate? No, I, I don't think there's a single person walking the floor of Wall Street that buys their own food. <laughs> exactly. So that's the period <laughs> that we're in. Most, so that story, most of them have that story no is not clue. surprising. Yeah. No, it's not. But, but it, the angle that I thought was interesting is that the 15-year-old is smart enough to go to court. Yeah, and I, I thought who's and see, who's and, paying for this? Yeah, I don't even know if I want to call that. Sm- yeah, I don't even know if I well, want to call that or, smart. Or, or I would just more that, call that. Yeah, knows that that's an avenue that she could take to try to get her money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> With her own parents, I was blown right. away by that story. Now, I don't know, yeah, I yeah. hate to say it, but it might be too because they're white. No offense to anyone, but well, that might, well, be, see, it might be part of it. No, well, well no, I, I would go beyond that because you're talking about wealth and privilege. So anybody that, that, that is living in that wealth and privilege space that has other people kind of raising their kids for them to a degree and they only show up as a participatory uh, parent, you know what I mean? That kind of thing is possible. So I, I wouldn't even go there. I would go, this is more of a class issue than, than it would be a race one. But okay. not surprised. Because I can hear some people going, boy, they would really like to get, you know, hell, I think I'd like somebody to pay me $5,000 a month. Yeah, I don't think I'd say no. To, I don't think I'd say no to it. Yeah, well, that's that infamous meme uh, where they, from Arrested Development, where she said, uh, what you, uh, what uh, a banana? What's a banana? Ten dollars, Mike? How much is a banana? Ten dollars. What did you? Yeah. When, when you're well, so on that, on that the normal experience, yeah. On that vein, did you see when they had Bill Gates on? Uh, they had him on. I believe it was the Ellen Show, and they did kind no, of a, I didn't. a okay. They did kind of a spoof version of The Price Is Right. No, and I that didn't. was kind of his answers. Where you know, what's a what's a can of beans worth? Well, that must cost you know. 14 bucks like he had no <laughs> like he he was so wrong that like he wasn't even close but you know except yeah, Bill Gates has, hasn't bought anything in 50 years probably exactly because uh, this goes back to, to do I, I want to say I want to say it was uh, Big Bush HW uh, during the campaign season where he was amazed that they had the you know laser scanner at the grocery store because he hadn't been there <laughs> long time. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, I would imagine not. No, in, in, in one way, you know, I guess I can't really blame anybody. I mean, I don't know too many people that if they were born into it uh, would give it back. Yeah, well, well that's, that's the other thing. I, I don't think we have to go to the extreme of saying, hey, this needs to be given back. I think it's more of a thing of saying, okay, are we calibrating society in a way that not only rewards effort and rewards labor, but gives people a reason to live uh, in a way that we all would agree is a positive way? Because if you treat the, the regular working class 
as if they're paupers? What incentive do normal kids have following up behind them to try to, you know, resemble those efforts? So that's the issue we have now. It's a carrot and stick issue. You got working class people being embarrassed, living check to check, barely, you know, getting by 40 hours a week. And, okay, what is the incentive are you giving the kids to think of thrift and working hard and all that? You're actually not. No, okay, are you? I, I'm going to assume you're in the States. Hmm? I'm going to assume that you live in the United States. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I, see, I, I I, I, I'm in Canada. Numbers. Yeah, I'm in Canada. So oh. I wasn't sure. I was pretty sure. Because uh, we don't quite have that. I mean, we have that problem. I mean, I think every country probably has that problem to some degree. There's uh, too many rich people with too much of the money who don't seem to really want to share it. Yeah, we don't. You, you guys don't have the extremes that we have, but you do have some serious issues going there. And oh, you yeah. know, I I, I kind of rail on Canadians who like to talk bad about the USA because I'm like, wait a minute, uh, we've seen the the so-called indigenous people of Canada, and they're not living too well either. So let's not play that game. Oh no, I think every every nation has got their skeletons that they would just assume would stay in the closet. But um, yeah. I think yours, yours are just. Uh, we hear more about them because, of course, there's just that many more of you there, so it's a bigger, it's a bigger issue. Right. I guess. Interesting. Bigger microphone. <laughs> oh so, yeah, yeah, and, so, and let's. Okay. I'll be honest. So I mean, on, whatever happens so uh, up you... down there, uh, we tend to have to uh, somewhat. We we kind of follow suit with whatever you guys have got going on because. Right, 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 right. You know, so, we're kind so, of economically so, tied together, so. Yeah, so if you think about it, you guys are kind of running the, the same program, but just a few years behind. So right now you guys voted in Trudeau, or I believe his yeah. name is, whatever, yeah, whatever right. the guy's name is. So, you know, typical neoliberal, cos, you know, cosmopolitan guy, not really going to do anything for the working class, but present himself as if he is. And the extreme right <laughs> in Canada is on the march, oh, you so you guys right, may sir. end up. Yes, yeah, so you guys may end up with your version of uh, Trump. So a crazy person. Yeah, I don't think he's quite as he's not quite as stupid as Trump. I don't think. But his agenda no, no, no. is basically the, his agenda is the same, though. No, I he, he wants to, to talk the talk to Obama. Yeah, he wants to talk the talk, but he really doesn't. You know, he can't upset the the, the cart too much either. He has to right. keep his rich cronies happy, or or he won't get back in office again. So, yep, yeah. So I, I would compare him. Yeah, more so to we've got we've got going, and I don't know if it's the same. Like I'm not being an American, and and we get the let's be honest, or I'll be honest, the press we get up here is, uh, well biased. Whichever direction you want to look, depending on uh, you know, what channel you no, have it on. No, no, no. Let's be specific. Let's be specific. Let's not say whatever direction you want to look. Let's talk about the press. What is the press? If you well, want to talk about the journalists, we've got the um, talking heads. Well, you guys have got what? You've got uh, Fox, who is basically what conservative leaning. <laughs> leaning. And we're doing okay, that. Okay, well, see, I don't like because I live up here. Like that's not. I mean, I I get Fox TV, but I would never watch it for news. 
Oh yeah, because it's, it's not, really bad. You know, cause it's not local news for me, so what do I care? Kind of deal. And then you, but but yeah. for conversation's sake, you've got what Fox being conservative, and then basically everybody else is liberal leaning. No, not at all. Uh, what what you have here is Fox as kind of a propaganda arm. Uh, they do what they're supposed to do. That's their job. Hey, that's the game. As far as everybody else, right. they're pretty much center. They're pretty much center right. Now the anchors and the you know the people on camera, some of them are liberal leaning. But as far as when you get to the editorial board or the the board of directors at all of those companies, uh, then you're talking about staunch Republicans who are right wing. Okay, fair enough. And now, now which matters more? The person who's in front of the camera or the person who's uh, on the editorial board who decides what gets run? I guess that would depend on what kind of freedoms the people in front of the camera are given to as far as their story reporting goes. Now, if they're told what to say, well... Well, remember, everybody is kind of beholden to ad dollars. And those ad dollars usually come from what? Mega corporations. So, come on. That is also true. Yeah, so you're right. You're getting into an area where I don't think a lot of people, they, their their arguments never get that far. They Indeed. they Indeed. argue about this the, the story for whatever the story is worth, but they're not looking at, uh, well, I guess they're not pulling the curtain back to see what's going on behind the scenes there, and that's really where the dirty work gets done. Yep, that is true. That is definitely the case. Like here in Canada, we've got we've got the CBC, which is a like I don't think you guys don't really have a national network that's owned by the government. Well, we do. It's PBS, but it's, it's PBS. You know, it's okay, scale. but that, it doesn't get the it Nobody doesn't get the showtime that. Uh, but up here, no. so you've got basically though you've got one channel run by the government, paid for by the government. Yeah. Which pretty much has to toe the government line, or else, you know, they risk you lose funding funded. and your audience. Yeah, et cetera, exactly. et cetera. Okay, so now, as a where I'm where I'm going with that is now as a as a in Canada's a big country, just like the states, where what's happening on uh, one coast really may not matter a whole lot. To people on the other coast, depending on what we're talking about, maybe it should, but it doesn't because it's not no direct effect upon them. Um, and when you were talking about indigenous people, like that is uh, up here. I don't even know where to start with the whole indigenous people thing because it is. I would I would equate it to it's a mini version of what uh, America has going on with the white black thing, where. Um, if there's answers, nobody a, seems. A, a, well, it's not a thing that nobody seems to know the answer. It's the thing of do you have the will to actually complete right. the it, transaction? If they are, if meaning they are a answers, wrong, does... a wrong was done. Do you want to right the wrong? Correct. Does anybody actually have the balls to to uh, move no. forward with this issue instead of just complain about it? Because complaining no, about it from from both sides fixes nothing, right? That that just adds fuel to the fire, and you're right back where you started. Well, the reality of it, of it is, if you actually ran on a campaign of you're going to heal that breach by actually addressing it, 
you would either be primary or the opposition will receive huge sums of money to make sure you don't win to complete that transaction. That's the game. I would probably have to agree with you on that. I, I don't think that the big business or those in power want to see that problem solved. No. I think they're kind of kind of happy that that problem actually exists in some well, ways. It, it's an easy way. Well, it's an easy way to play on the division, but the problem becomes at a certain point, do you say, okay, are you really looking at this in a logical way, or are you saying, okay, this is just something we don't want to pay for? Honestly, I think that would be the answer, something people don't want to pay for. No, you're probably right. Oh, it looks like we've got another caller here, so let's uh... – I'm going to go to the board if you okay. don't mind. If you don't want to hang, if you don't want to hang on, that's okay. But if you do, great. Let's see who we got with. Oh, us don't now. try to get, like don't me. try to get rid of me now that we we've, we've gotten deep. Oh no, you you're stuff. welcome to stay there. You are on the air. Who's this guy? Hey, Ron, I'm on the air. Go ahead. <laughs> it's safe. It's safe. I'm driving. You hear driving. Okay. It's me. Oh, is this you, Tom? No, it's Nate. Oh, it's Nate. Okay, well, I can barely the hear you, Nate. The other, the other, other fat member of White Man Can't Can't Jump. Yeah. Oh, I can barely hear you. I'm yeah, sorry. I got, is, I got issues with your title. We'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> I, I got a caller on. We're having a, quite a spirited discussion. So if you were if you were ah. only calling to fill the time, uh, you don't need to. Well, I, I spoke with Tr. Speak with him. Uh, there was some uh, a mix up. He he had a he had a thing come up. He was really busy, and he wanted me to apologize for not being on the air. Uh, he may he want to do a makeup episode, but since you got a caller, hello caller. Thank you for calling in. We're having a we're having yeah, a nice uh, discussion here. Things are going good, so no problems. Ah, uh, is he conservative or liberal too? <laughs> uh, I would say well, he's a little well, to the right so far, but he well, we can never know. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll clear up. I'll clear up that confusion real quickly. I'm much worse than a liberal. I'm way to the left of any liberal. So let's get that out there. There you go. So, they could, so, it could, so it could get interesting with me being a righty and all. Indeed. 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 Yeah, no, that's good. We should, we should talk about things. That's the way to solve stuff. Yeah, someday you'll realize you were wrong, but, you know, I'll help. <laughs> you, will, you will show me to the light, will you? Uh, hey, I try, man. I try. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but we're, we're good, I, I Nate, really, so if you're I, driving... I really, uh, I want to hear what Nate has to say, but I'm also interested in, okay, the idea of being the right. What happens when you're a person who's on the right and you see this, this farcical display of your ideas being presented by somebody in the biggest chair on earth, meaning, uh, you know, number 45? How do you yeah, feel okay, about that's, that? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um like on the surface, of course, you're embarrassed. You are somewhat embarrassed. I don't know how you can't be. Um, I would have to say that if I was an American, I never would have voted for him. I don't know who I would have voted for, but it wouldn't have been him. 
Um, I think uh, yeah, there's a. I'm not sure. Like uh, Canadian to the right uh, is probably not quite the same thing as uh, um, Republican. Yeah. Um, sure. We tend to. Uh, uh, I mean, as a group, even as a nation, we we tend to be. Uh, Okay, you know, we might not necessarily agree on uh, what we're arguing about, but it's clear that this needs to be fixed, and the way to fix that is to do this, you know, whatever it might be, and if that was not a right idea, um, oh well, you know, so we lost one. We took one, but we did what, uh, you know, we did what we should have done, as opposed to um, in American politics where... Uh, I'm pretty sure the left could cure cancer and the right would die, continue to die from cancer because it was a lefty who came up with the cure. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Yeah, probably true. Probably. You know, that, I mean, that we, are, just, we all know that that's really what we should do, but because our party didn't come up with the idea, it's not a good idea, even if it is one. Yeah, well, well, that's that's the limitations of our political machine to where it's winner take all. So the idea becomes after a while, hey, no matter what, I don't care. They can't get a win. I'll advocate for something, even if I don't agree with it, as long as they don't get a win. And that that's the right side. See, that happens here, but it doesn't happen as much because the country tends to vote, uh, I think, historically a lot different than America does. Where, yeah, and then our system of government is also different. So that also brings up, you know, there is uh, right. Our our prime minister doesn't have the power that your president has. Mm-hmm. So uh, good there reason. is that. A good reason for that. But yeah, I'm I'm not trying to box Nate out. So if Nate wanted to make a statement, I'm not trying to Nate. I'm well, not trying Nate, to overtalk. I think you. Nate's still with us. Okay. No, I'm back. I'm back. I lost you for a second, these damn West Virginia Hills, man. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to come on, and I didn't know you had a caller, and I didn't mean to interrupt and break your flow. Um, oh, no problem. You're not, you're not breaking the flow. Participate, Nate, because uh, I want to hear from Nate who's driving a truck in West Virginia. I want to hear uh, <laughs> if Nate voted voted for this for this gentleman who just took a lot of his benefits and is actually going against his class in a tax cut. I want to hear from Nate. I'm into it. Oh, did I vote for Donald Trump? Hell no. Hell no. I'll say that. I'll say that right now. Uh, But right now, living where I live, we have convicted felon Don Blankenship running for office. I don't know if you guys keep up with uh, probably not. Oh, we Politics. You you think we haven't seen those great commercials, man? Those commercials are hilarious. Oh my yes, God. we've seen that. Say, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what? The sad thing, he's got support. It scares me. <laughs> Living where I live, there are people that are defending this man to me, and I'm sitting there going, surely, surely you can't be serious. And they're like, oh, but we are serious. Like. We've read court documents. Said, Let me tell you something about Don Blankenship. I said, he, he, his mom, living where I live, his mom blasted behind my house. They used to do the blast caps. I'd hear the sirens. The sirens would go off, and then about two or three minutes later, you'd get a blast. 
which is fine. You know, living in West Virginia, you get used to it. Then our windows on my house started the spider web. They refused to pay for them, even though it was their plastic <laughs> causing the spider web. So once we lawyered up, they were like, we were joking, then they paid. Then they would have falling, uh, whether it be boulders or bricks, or not really bricks, but more so rock, that would fall and land around my house. One almost hit me. Also, the water supplies around where his eyes are were not regulated, so the water runoff into the water made the, the water supply undrinkable, and you had to boil it. But people want to tell me about this motherfucker. And he wants to tell me that he's going to make everything okay. Yeah, man. And this is why I've thought about, you know, kind of pulling up stakes and moving out of the country. Not because of the raggedy politicians that we have and the choices that we have, but because the working class and the majority of people have not only decided that they're just going to cringe and cower in the shadow of power, but uh, we just decided that uh, we we just won't fight back. So we'll allow a man who treated working class people in that fashion, uh, the mind where he was avoiding regulations and people actually got harmed, yep. and this dude made money off it and didn't care, and he can actually run for political office. Like that's my uh, that's my detachment from the American populace at this point. There used to be a working he class can't. who fought for things. We lost that. So I, I don't know what to say to the rest of the population. He can't vote for himself. He can't even vote, but he can run. <laughs> and he's got enough money. That's true. It's true. He cannot vote for mm-hmm. himself, but he can run. There's something yeah. wrong with him. And not only Indeed. that, he is the most uncharismatic human being in the world. And, you know, maybe I'm being a little liberal on this one, but when you refer to Asian Orientals as China people, not exactly the best thing to say. <laughs> I saw that one. That one killed me that he that he didn't know the plural for China, uh, for people from China or from West Virginia either. That he had to say West Virginia people. He's uh, not well, even imagine running, here. A, running a moron like that campaign. You're running this campaign, and that's what you got to work with. Imagine that. And well, the, and they were smart, primary, you know. They they the threw out the. He couldn't speak, the so they they throw out the two little girls, and he holds them. And I'm a family man. Not me, man. <laughs> those two little girls, those two little girls had the looks on their face like the little girls in The Shining. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but gentlemen, I'd love yeah. to be around, but I have to be up. I just got home. It is time to go to sleep. I have to work in three hours. So keep up the good work, Tim. And our caller, thank you for calling, and we hope to hear from you again soon. Okay, this we're we're going out. to can uh, we're going to continue to try to patch up uh, Canada-U.S. relations here. Well, best of luck to you. Well, they're not that bad, so it should be it shouldn't be that tough. You'd be surprised, you <clears throat> damn Canadian maple syrup drinking bastards. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> You also haven't I, seen that moron at the, at the negotiating table trying to renegotiate now things like that. So who knows how this relationship will go? Yeah, there's there, uh, there's gonna there's gonna be some wars coming yet, uh, or not literal wars, but there's gonna be some battles yet over some free trade shit and uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> Mister Mister Donald there can't. Uh, 
Well, the trouble is, is nobody knows. You, you don't know what. Uh, and I read this a few places that you know he says he tweets out what he tweets out, and then he says stuff. But the people that are doing the legwork for him have no idea that that was yeah, the it, agenda. Well, it's like herding. It's like herding cats. They're they're constantly trying to get him to walk back statements and and fix things that he doesn't understand are are not doable. And they have to weigh the pros and cons in front of them to kind of get them on page. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a rough job, uh, you know, with a guy like that running things. Well, because he doesn't know you anything. Can, Normally, and you, you can see that it is the by the room. amount of people that uh, that get burnt out of that place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely. I mean, you could, uh, I think a guy could probably uh, get a job at the White House these days because there's quite a bit of staff turnover there. Yeah, well, well think about the dynamic here we're talking about. We got a guy who doesn't know anything and is dependent on the people around him to actually institute policy. You guys have a guy who knows everything but actually plays the role of, you know, neoliberal uh, fake prosperity guy, damn near, I, I would say, gospel evangelist uh, who's uh, kind of, you know, riding on his very lips close. the idea of what he's doing. Yeah, so, you know, yes, think about very that close. He's very good at uh, well. We call him we call him Mr. Selfie up here because he yep. he is extremely yep. good at getting his picture taken with uh, poor people or whatever minority happens to be around wherever he's at. He he tends to uh, look. Well, I mean, uh, up pictures, here we're fairly no, pictures, but no policy, right? Pictures, yeah, I mean, like no we're policy. we're fairly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the word is. I, I suppose as, as uh, socially speaking, we're fairly liberal, like with gays and all that sort of stuff. Nobody, you know, that's just not really an issue up here. Nobody cares. But uh, well, that's not but, an issue. But, but he still, he, yeah, I think it's pretty much calmed down in the, in America. That uh, the, the fight was lost if you uh, were on the yeah. right side of it, and it's time to move on. You know, we're not backpedaling on that one. I don't think. No, I, I don't think. The, I don't think there's the, the, the will trouble, in the country to do that. Short of a civil war or something with, crazy like that. No, nothing like that. The trouble that came for those people with that argument was. Uh, if you're going to be a, this so-called staunch constitutionalist, well, you're trying to deprive people of rights. So how long was that argument going to stick out? So well, they lost that but, battle and they moved on. They still well, I hope them, so because but it, now it, it, was not a, it was not a winning battle and it wasn't um, an I'm a righty and it's still uh, right. It just wasn't. It just wasn't right. Yeah, it was you know, <laughs> without getting into the whole stick of it, you know, if you really are a, uh, what's the word, sorry, if, if you really are, are a Bible belter and you actually believe that letter for letter, then I'm not sure why you care because you should be laughing that these people are going to burn in hell. Like, you, you shouldn't care. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like the end game for them right. is that you still win, so I'm not sure what well, it would the, matter the really. Side, well, the other side of that is if you actually follow those Bible thumpers, you find out they're not really that into the Bible. It's you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a well, they're, they're they're Sunday Bible belters from exactly. eleven till one. <laughs> or whatever the whatever the case may be. And then, again, like I got no problem with religion either. I'm all fine with that. If that if that's what gets you through the day and helps you, you know, get through life, I mean, all the power to you. 
but uh, yeah, you should be free to explore whatever you want to explore. And, right. And, you know, but just don't whip it on me. That's all. Life, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you the problem becomes are when an you're atheist, to take it to the public square. Yeah, if you're an atheist or if you're uh, religious or if you're, I don't know, even if we can even get a little crazy and go if you're, uh, uh, I won't say KKK because I think pagan, that's a little pagan, too far. A witch, a pagan, what it, well, yeah, KKK yeah, is those kinds of things. Okay, more they of those kinds of things. About killing people. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go <laughs> out, if your big thing is to uh, worship a tree, and that works hey, for you, all all the power to you. Don't care. But don't tell me I can't cut down the tree in my yard. As long yard. as you're not affecting other people. Yeah, as long as you're yeah, not affecting other people. If you're not breaking people. the law and you're not, uh, well, because there's the line between um, uh, we have different viewpoints and uh, a hate speech and that sort of stuff. That's a whole other ball of wax that, you know, if you're promoting that people yeah. should go out and, you know, we think, uh, you know, like, hey, okay, if you're a KKK or well, well, Aryan hold, Nations. Hold on, or, hold on, man, because I, I I really want to ask you about something because I think uh, like we we deal with this okay we we deal with this thing called hate speech and we deal with political correctness and people make it into this institution of uh, I guess you could say enforcement when in reality all it is is the business class's way of saying we don't want you to lose us money by your stupid opinions while you work for us that's essentially what it is. And people have turned it into this, some called, you know, into an inquisition. But it's actually not. It's really not. Your employer doesn't want you to lose them a future, uh, you know, a future sale based on your stupid opinion. I mean, that, that, that's all that boils um, down to. I would, I would agree with that. I, I would think if, if. Uh, if you have a, a position on those kind of things, uh, you definitely yeah. have to take that position uh, for certain away from the workplace. Definitely, um, you can't be tweeting from, or, or that you're using the company you work for that somehow the, under their banner they support whatever it is you support. Like that's pretty stupid. I mean, you got to stop and think that a a multinational company has probably got employed. Um, all the facets of the rainbow, pretty much, I would imagine. Well, well, uh, well you want a piece of everybody's money. I mean, that's just what it is. Right, imagine but that's what I'm saying. Like, to, to suggest that... Um, and, and, and Brad from accounting is, is setting the agenda because he has an opinion on Facebook. Like, no, <laughs> nobody's going to accept that. If you're running a corporation, that's crazy. No, and especially, I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, there are certain, there has always been... Um, things that shouldn't be spoke of in public, whatever they may Maybe. be, and and you mm-hmm. know some opinions should be kept. You know you should probably keep to yourself, especially when we're talking about um, what tends to be the tender things down there, uh, uh, gay rights, um, uh, black-white relations, and lately uh, anything to do with sexual harassment. Um, if you've got a uh, if you yeah. have an opinion that goes against the flow right now, uh, you're either a brave person for putting it out there, or you have to be prepared to pay the consequences for throwing that throwing it out there. Yeah, but I, I don't confuse bravery with stupidity. Uh, I think more. Okay, well I say I stupidity. say bravery with uh, tongue in cheek. Brave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say it as oh what a what a warrior you are 
I think we're leaning on stupidity. But hold on, I, I think you guys also owe us an apology uh, for Jordan Peterson. I, I believe an apology is in order. You got <laughs> Jordan Peterson has affected more single males who are insulated and socially awkward in America than any virus that you can spread on any country. So uh, well, here, I, I think you, you guys do owe us an apology. I thought you were going to make me apologize for Justin Bieber. Uh, well, I, I can't blame Bieber because he's part. He, he he's so. The rise of Bieber was so American. I can't even say anything about it. You know what I mean? It was expected. Well, you guys, well, yeah, well, you guys made him famous. It wasn't us. Right. True. <laughs> yeah. True. I mean, we don't uh, we don't care one way or the other up here. But okay. Well, but yeah, yeah but, Jordan but Peterson. Peterson yeah. Come on, man. You guys. Yeah, I'm going to have to say that. That uh, yeah, we were as a nation. I, I, I we could apologize for, for uh, I'm making you guys have to deal with him because he's a bit out there. Um, yeah, we, we have not imported crazy opinions into your nation that has kind of caught fire. Like if Alex Jones became really popular in Canada, I would. Have <laughs> But you guys sent us Jordan Peterson. We just, man. we just don't get as hot about those kinds of issues up here. And I don't know if it's uh, – uh, I'm going to guess that it goes back a generation or two when living up here was a little harsher than it is now. Um, you know, a lot of Americans think of uh, Canada and they think of, you know, Toronto and uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know – a lot more about Canada than that, but I mean, there's <laughs> there's an awful lot of Canada uh, north of the of the American you you know the border there where most Americans see you know what they do their exposure to Canada is probably that. Um, well, how, how do you even feel where about I live now? Oh, how do you feel about your health care? Well, you've got to love our health. I don't know how you cannot love it. <laughs> oh, you're gonna brag, huh? Okay. Well, in the sense that you know, where I okay, the province I live in, we don't pay at all. Nothing. Mhm. So when you you know you get sick, you go to your doctor, and the government gets billed, and or if you need surgery or whatever it is, you, you just you go. I mean, we pay. I mean, you don't pay for it when you're there, but I mean, we pay for it in other ways. I mean, the price of gasoline here right. is, you know, ridiculous and. Things like that, but we, you know, as a nation, I guess we've decided that we'd rather have free health care than cheap gasoline. Uh, much cheaper in the end. Huh? <laughs> you know, well, you yeah, know, I guess it's a matter of, of of priorities, I suppose. And and you know, for you guys, like I, you know, my the, the co-hosts of this show are uh, Tom's from Philadelphia, and Nate's from West Virginia. And there, you know, uh, like with schools and all that sort of stuff. And I'm up here going, well, what's the problem? Why don't you just fund them? And but there's oh, no will well, to fund. Hold, there's hold no on, will to on. fund them. Hold, hold on, let me, let me explain this to you. Okay, in America, the school is funded by the local tax base. Okay. Right. So the amount that you pay for your house is going to determine the quality of the school in the area. Does that make sense to you? Um, no, because it isn't that way here. <laughs> it's partially that way. The province pays, or the state for you guys, pays for part of it, but then the federal government 
also says, uh, and logically so, that um, the nation is a much better place if nobody's if nobody's stupid. You know, an educated <laughs> an educated an educated country should be a better country, right? Yeah, we don't believe in that, but yeah. Well, I always wonder what other people thought about that because the the idea of what you pay for your house to turn into education is amazing as an idea. So I always wonder what other countries are saying. You know, there again, though, is that not by design that we keep the poor areas poor and somewhat, um, you know, only the ones who really have the moxie to pull themselves out of the mud and make the better of themselves are going to be able to. And the rest will continue to live in the in the muck and and are be to some degree sheep and they're easy to deal with. Yeah. 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 As opposed to the millennial movement, let's say, where uh, whether you agree with it or not is another thing. But at least these kids are I mean, I'm not a big fan of social justice warriors and all this, but at least they've got some passion about something. Well, 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 explain that. What 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 do you mean? Because I, I see this I see this all the time on social media where people say well, I'm against social justice warriors just in theory. Okay, like in theory, if you say you're against social justice warriors, then are you actually against progress? Like if you can agree or disagree from issue to issue, but why would you be against somebody right. who says okay, well, this let's, is important let's break to me and I'm going to address? It. Yeah, one yeah. of the things I one of the things we were going to talk about on here today was. Uh, uh, George Washington University and a bunch of students. Okay, st- a school of about twenty-five thousand kids. Uh, Two hundred of them signed a petition that they don't like the mascot because it's a colonial soldier, and that is uh, just wholly inappropriate. And we got to change this. Okay, that to me is. The social justice that is stupid has no point. Uh, it's not the same as if you want to go down the red skin argument. That's a different thing. Um, to change to change things for uh, in a place where there's twenty five thousand people for two hundred, that's not how uh, America's supposed to work. We can look at your yeah, we can okay. look at your issue well, with well, it. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this too. Where if you're on the right, you can look at these flashpoints to where something has been advanced and say, "Oh, see, this is these people being out of control." Is that more? Is that likely to pass? No, but it gives fodder for people on the right to say these SJWs are out of control. Okay. When in reality, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with people being on fire about something and advocating for it. Now, like you said, they don't have the numbers, so it's more more than likely not to happen. Are the Washington Redskins still a franchise? Yep. You see what I'm and, saying? So the idea that, you know, these things are just going to change automatically because a small minority disagrees, there's really no precedent for it. It really doesn't happen like that. It only happens when there's a groundswell and most people agree that, okay, this is a little beyond board and we want to change it. I think the right takes way too much glee and finding these situations going on when, you know, it's going to be status quo. Nothing is actually changed. You're probably right about that, too. There again, it becomes a – it wasn't our idea, so it must be a stupid one. 
If we're talking about George Washington University, no matter what, those donations rolling in from alums are what matter. Nobody cares if some students on campus have decided something and there's a small minority uh, advocating for it. Like, that yeah, you're probably right there. So did you, uh, I'm just on note, to, to change the whole note, did you, uh, I believe we got Tom with us here. Um, Tom mm-hmm. would be more than happy. Tom Tom is not a big fan of the political talk, so he'll probably okay. want to talk hey, about something else. Whatever you want to talk uh, about. But he'd be happy to talk about basketball, I'm quite sure. So let, let's see. Let's put him on here and see if, if this is, in fact, him. Well, you, you guys are in Canada, and, you know, you, you got your little team. Uh, are you guys going <laughs> to just go ahead and decide to give up the Raptors and let them become an expansion team back in the U.S.? Because, I, I mean, at this point, why bother? Hey, yo. Well, uh, Thomas, how's it going? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just kind of uh, I had a friend's viewing tonight, and I uh, the, the schedule was flexible with uh, our start time. So I apologize to uh, Tim, you, and our uh, caller slash guest or whatever the case may be. I'm sorry, sir. What's your name? Naj. Naj? Yep. What's up, Naj? How you doing tonight? What's up, man? What's, no, what's is, uh, uh, yeah. is he's uh, wanting to know if I want to send the Raptors back to America for some seasoning. <laughs> wow, I mean, I can't really disagree there because uh, you know um, they seem to have a uh, a you know a voodoo. A, if, I don't know how old you are, Naj, but if you remember the Brady Bunch, that Tiki doll, um, once they see that or once they see the Cleveland Cavaliers and the incredible uh, best player in the world without question who's playing better at age 33, and uh, it's, it's mind-boggling, LeBron James. Um, Toronto is not uh, going to... Uh, beat Cleveland, even though some suspected that he they would, and I might have uh, favored that way as well. But LeBron is kicking ass. Um, I don't know what you already stated, but thoughts on that or no? If so, there was a time to beat him, it was now. So yeah, this is really embarrassing, and you got to break that up. The Lowry, are you, the Rosen thing, got to break it up. So you're a Raptors guy? No, not at all. I'm I'm just oh, okay. an interested observer watching a, a team that's better uh, lose to a team where a guy is just kind of bullying them, man. It's, it's kind of shameful. He's been stuffing you on the locker for a couple of years now. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, um, the, the series is surprising considering they went to seven with Indiana and Toronto had the number one seed. And uh, it just seemed – everything was caught falling into place and all of a sudden actually game one, you know, uh, if you watched every minute, every second, and we, we often go to the star calls, quote unquote, going back to Michael Jordan, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and especially LeBron James with flops and whatever else, but there's no, de- there's no denying the recent play of LeBron James as uh 
you know, to to use a word uh, phenomenal, incredible, and I've never said that about him before because I was hesitant uh, in the comparison to the, the great Michael Jordan, but LeBron is definitely in this era right now without question. And there's nobody, like if you're running a 100-yard dash, there's nobody within six yards of him as the greatest player in the world. And, yes, he does get the calls, and, yes, he does get the fouls, and uh, he might get three steps instead of two, and the other team might get one and a half. But all that aside, if if they're playing fairly, LeBron James is absolutely right now the best player in the world. And the Toronto Raptors, uh, Tim, I'm sorry, they uh, – I think they are going to lay an egg again. Oh, I fully suspect that it'll be uh, the next two games in Cleveland will be won't even be close. I, I think Cleveland will run all over them. I think that series is over. Right. This makes no sense, honestly. Uh, just overall, Dwayne Casey is a good coach. He's done a real good job with what they have. But no matter what, you need an All Star or a Hall of Famer to really advance in the playoffs. They don't have one. They have guys, you know, who we think are, you know, they're pretty good. DeRozan, Lowry, those guys are pretty good. But regular season wins are not the same as playoffs. So, I mean, it is what it is. But at this point, you're, man, you you got to blow you're it so up. Right on, you're so right on that, by the way. Regular season wins don't mean dick. Well, there's, and there's two we, things there. First off, yeah, Toronto does not have a great player. They have two good ones. They don't have a great yeah. one. And they also, I don't think Toronto was ever as good as their record ever indicated. Yeah, they finished first, but that's kind of not really, <laughs> not really that big of a feat in the East if you really stop to think about it. I don't think they were ever well, anywhere well, near as good as anybody thought they were. I don't well, know what you guys they're, talked they're, about. They're 10 deep. They're, they're 10 deep, and during the right. regular season, that can allow you to get by, you know, during the you know the tough times and everything else because you got so much depth. You're playing so many guys, and they're rested, and they're, they're really ready to play. But when it comes to the playoffs, you got to shorten your rotation, and it becomes, okay, what are your best seven? And at that point, Toronto kind of falls short. But, yeah, th- this was the year for them to win, man. I, I, I'm – I honestly picked you guys to win. I couldn't believe that you allowed them to do that in game one. And then by game two, you know, it, that was a mental thing to where he just was kind of bullying them. So they, they assumed he was going to take it from them at that point. And, and look, Kyle Lowry, like, that, there's a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry just not being mentally tough. And I think that that's kind of held. You know, you know what, um, on Kyle Lowry, uh, and I'll also comment on DeRozan, but on Kyle Lowry, he's a uh, North Philly kid, which absolutely, and I'm not arguing with you, but absolutely contradicts what you said about uh, toughness mentally, physically, and survival, quite frankly, because I'm a Philadelphia yeah. guy. Um, then he went to the main line and played for Villanova, and that's a little different culture, but, you know, it is what it is. Then he came to the NBA, and I saw uh, flares of his toughness this year when they played the Sixers. Ben Simmons, like, got in his face, you know, or vice versa, but whatever the case may be. Uh, Kyle went straight 
North Philly and was like, you know, I don't give a fuck. This is like an uncensored show. I don't know his exact words, but he was like, motherfucker, come on. And he ran to his dressing room, ran down a corridor, and Ben Simmons obviously didn't go nowhere because Australian fucking guy who's passive aggressive ain't going to fuck with Kyle Lowry. But uh, you make a good point in that in the playoff series when it, when it becomes national, he kind of fades into that. And, you know, this is not a, a, a genius thought or anything, and it may, it may be untrue, but, I mean, just from a street thought, you know, you're not going to hear this kind of analysis from Stephen A. Smith or uh, Max Kellerman, but from a street thought, um, I think that Kyle Lowry has kind of, uh, you know, fell into back to an NBA player, and I'm making a zillion dollars a year, et cetera, et cetera, when he – showed that fire that I loved about him when he played, you know, locally. And he came from, you know, North Philadelphia around the Temple uh, campus and whatnot. And uh, as far as DeRozan, uh, he has the greatest pump fake in the business. I don't know who coaches Cleveland. I mean, LeBron has, you know, been the player coach, quote unquote, without the title. Uh, Teron Lou went out with the chest pains and stuff like that. But for whoever is looking at the film, they have not bid on that um, pump fake, which <laughs> well, DeRozan well, hold on, is, is hold a badass on, motherfucker. I, I got something for that. I got something for that. Uh, okay. This is from, uh, you know, the, the, the fat guy, Windhorse, who, who's covered Cleveland for years. But uh, he said in the locker room they decided there would be $100 fines for anybody who bit on a DeRozan fake before the series started. Get the started. fuck out. Dead serious. I, That's what Brian I didn't hear that. Before. Yeah, so according to Windhorse, that's, that's, the, that's the issue there. $100 fine anybody who bites a DeRozan fake. So. Now, between us, I mean, who's wearing the pants – did LeBron say to the team in a team meeting, or did Tyrone Lue? Uh, who do you, I mean? I believe that's the case of Windhorse said it because he's he's got a direct connection to LeBron James. But who do you think uh, orchestrated that 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 gimmick, that hundred dollar fine? You think Tyrone Lue or? Yeah, I mean that sounds really LeBron-y. Uh Yeah. Tyron Lue is coach in theory, not really doing much over there. But I mean, hell, what are you gonna do, man? So you're on the same page. You're on the same page with me then. That um, LeBron's kind of like the player coach, and whoever's in there, unless they bring somebody like a Greg Popovich or somebody very dominant in, LeBron James pretty much runs the team. Am I, am I wrong on that? In your opinion? No, I wouldn't disagree with that. But then I'm one of those guys who says NBA coaches are one of the most overrated uh, positions you can ever find. Uh, the things that yeah. we attribute to coaches a lot of times are really just make or miss and, you know, players' effort or whatever else you want to say. But, you know, we, we you know if it's a coach we like, we call him a genius and, you know, figured it out. If it's a coach we don't like, we say, hey, they're just sitting there. But I, I just think coaching is overrated, period. Because either you got did talent you, on your team or you don't. Did you guys? Did you got? Because I just came in. I apologize. 
Did you guys talk about Philly and, and Boston? No. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Because it's a relevant hey, hey. Um, subject to what you just brought up. It, you know, I agree with you for the most part as far as coaching being overrated, but without question, last night in game two, uh, Brad Stevens bested Brett Brown. And as as a guy who's watched, you know, the disgusting uh, hanky era and every game, every <laughs> everything um, from the Sixers, I actually worked for the Sixers, but that's another story. Uh, in 2006-2007. So, I, you know, the I know the regimes and I know the business and the, the business aspect of the NBA, uh, et cetera. But um, last night was uh, repulsive in a way because, and I can tell from talking to you, that you know the deal about, like, the whole business first and, and you know, sport second, which – I mean, it is what it is. That's the way people make money. But, And I'm not one of those integrity of the sport guys, but, you know, uh, our undrafted point guard who's done nothing but greatness from the University of Arizona, T.J. McConnell, came in, and everybody's yapping about, I don't know if it's national media, but local media is yapping about, well, Brett Brown, you know, and he – don't don't get me wrong. I'm gonna blast him too, but um, they're they're worried about the run in the first half that he didn't call a timeout on, which he should have. But they still went to the buzzer and they took a three pointer to a two pointer and made a 56-51. The 76ers were still in the lead, and then they put the struggling, non-shooting motherfucking pussy bitch. Ben Simmons, who I want to be my favorite player because he has the physical ability and the talent to be, but when a smart enough coach like Brad Stevens, who I thought Spolster would do the same thing, gets two guys everywhere he wants to go and play off him where he can't kick, he turns around and there's the basket eight foot away. Yo, Ben, you were McDonald's All-American. Forget all that shit, uh, you know, about you know, the hype and the triple doubles and all this shit. You're in the fucking second round of the playoffs, Ben. Shoot a fucking shot. I don't care if you miss it. That sets up a, a Sarge tip-in or a Soviet tip-in or whatever the case may be. He has the ball, and in his fear-filled mind, because he's so obsessed, and there may be incentives money-wise, I don't know if he gets triple doubles and he does this shit or whatever, but he, well, well, hold, hold on, man. Hold on. Let me slow you down. Go ahead, bro. I, I think, I think that's unfair to Brett Brown. Look, if you if you got an all star caliber player and he ends up with one point, like that, that, that's not a coaching issue. That's a him issue. So I think right now what you're seeing is Philly. This is their first time here. They're young. Usually you got to take your lumps first and you kind of grow. And I think just the moment is really big for him right now. And the dude is kind of you know. He's kind of falling apart at the seams because of it. Everybody knows he can't shoot. Everybody knows he wants to drive, and if he can score driving, he will, but most likely he's going to kick to somebody. So if everybody's staying home, and like you said, they're bringing the help defender over to make sure he doesn't get to the basket all the way, 
yeah, he's got trouble. These are the holes in his game that he has to improve on. But just mental toughness-wise, yeah, like you said, it would be much better to try to make sure you're getting shots, make people start to sag off, to open up those lanes, to pass, and everything else. But I, I just think this is a thing of you. Think about how young these guys are and where they are, second round of the playoffs. Normally, we see these young guys get to the playoffs, lose in the first round, and kind of gain from the experience, man. So I, I wouldn't blame Brett Brown for this. Your star player scored one point. You know what I mean? Like, if you set well, him up I, to succeed, you know what I mean? He I, He's the one who failed. I, I'm grabbing both of them a little bit. Um, and I'm grabbing Dario Saric as well, which it seemed like got omitted from the I sucked ass in game two narrative. Um, everybody was putting the heat on Ben and Brett, which I agree with. But Dario Saric, like he made a couple, you know, he might have had whatever points or whatever. But if you if you watched the game, and I'm sure you did, but I'm talking to well. people – he, no, yeah, the he motherfucker, the motherfucker, like, you know, he's a valued aspect to our team, a valued uh, piece of our puzzle. Mm. He's a great player. Um, but yeah. when you're off, man, you got to put Urson in there. Get fucking Dario the fuck out of there, man. He hit one three-pointer in the first half, and everything was glorious. But, see, now I'm going off another channel. Let me get back to uh, keep in mind Dario, but um, – Ben, Ben has been, I mean, outside of his high school days at LSU, he did the same thing. The dude, if if I don't know where you're from, where are you from, sir? Chicago. Okay, Chicago. If you see Ben in a live situation, I don't know if you saw him when they came out to play the Bulls or whatever, but if Ben shoots, you know, in the shoot around, he ain't a bad shooter. I mean, it's not you know, Steph Curry shooting or by any stretch. But he also isn't a uh, – who's who's the damn Italian guy that went to Utah uh, with the long Bellinelli? hair? No, Ingles. we got – Bellinelli, I love. The, 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 the other dude um, that Nate always yeah, complains they, about. Yeah, JJ. No, no, he's in Utah. or He's in Utah, but he's hurt. Uh, the long-haired oh, Italian Rubio. Yeah, Rubio. Rubio. Rubio can't shoot. You know, if he if it goes in, it's lucky. Ben ain't that yeah, level. Yeah, but he's improved he really, this year. Yeah, yes, he has. But Ben ain't that level of a shooter, and he's he's a better than that. But he he, I don't know. It's a mental thing where he has to shoot sixty percent from the field from dunks and all that. I don't know what the deal is because I, I never met the dude or whatever. But you know, if if you have the DVR of uh, of of the playoff games and you just watch, he, when he has the ball, is the fifth option. And that is horrible for, you know, you look at guys like Harden and Russell Westbrook and guys who have the ball in their hands. They are the first option. And they might get 15, 17 assists because they're opening shit up. And it wasn't exposed at all this year because, you know, it is what it is. People play differently than Brad Stevens. But Brett Brown, I I am so angry as a guy who watched every game, even during that dumb shit process, where an undrafted free agent, T.J. McConnell, and a defensive specialist, Robert Covington, 
came out of like 3,000 people to be part of this team. And they earned it. And when you put that guy TJ in, you could, you don't have to keep Ben out. Yo, Ben, play the fucking four. Because they have done this this year. And TJ was obviously, he was, you know, uh, all, all of a sudden discovered Brad Stevens after the game was talking about, he was trying to be politically correct and not saying, you know, they I outcoached them guys or whatever. He was being a nice guy in the press conference, but he had to make a point, much like San Antonio did, much like Miami did, and much like a lot of teams did. He said, I quote, T.J. McConnell was ridiculous. And at three minutes left, or maybe four, I, I can't quote it tonight, but T.J. McConnell, no, he's not an all-star like Ben Simmons. No, he'll never be the historical player like Ben Simmons. But for that particular game, when you're trying to win in an elimination deal, when you need to steal a road win because you don't have home court advantage, and I don't give a fuck how many jerseys he sells or how, you know, he's going to be rich and he may be MVP for the next five years. But that particular game, they were up 91-88 after all that first-hand bullshit with TJ in. And then as soon as I saw him come to the fucking table to check in, I knew they were going to lose because he had a horrible game. He had no confidence. And Boston was just like, you know, give me a fucking hamburger, motherfucker, especially Jason Tatum, who got, you know, God, that was a ripoff, too. I'm rambling now, but, but, but I, no, 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 but, but, just remember, everybody's had this experience. Like, this, this was not something that's, that's just based on Ben. Everybody's had this. LeBron had this against Dallas. Magic had this early on in the playoffs. Uh, in his career, like everybody's had this. So this is something you're going to look back on and say, wow, Ben was at that low, and then he was able to get better and, you know, you know overcome some of the yips and everything else. So I can understand the coach kind of riding with him and saying, hey, he got us here. We're going to keep rolling with him. And But I, I think he'll make some adjustments next game. McConnell will probably get a little more time. But like I said, I can understand it. You don't think that the guy is going to completely tank tank it to a degree and, and lose itself and end up with one point. You want to give him an opportunity to redeem himself because he's so good. So I, I, I can get where Brett Brown is coming from. I think people are a little – I think people are giving uh, your boy Stevens way too much credit on this when the reality is they got a couple veterans over there in Boston, meaning in Horford and Baines and those guys, and they allow the young guys to play free. The, the worst part about all of this is Boston is a bad matchup for Cleveland, and Cleveland doesn't want any part of Philly, and they're hoping Boston wins because that limited Boston team, Philly, uh, Cleveland can beat. But Philly, they re- uh, they don't have many answers for Embiid or Simmons, and they're hoping that Boston advances. So, I mean, it's, it, it's a weird situation, man. Yeah, I mean – I'm ranting, but I agree on on on, on your last point that uh, you know, and it, you know it's not over. But I'm with you that I don't. I think that Toronto's just gonna go have their tea and go golfing or whatever. Um, and LeBron has played spectacular, um, but 
if they play Philly, Philly has the home court advantage. Either way they play has home court advantage. But well, Philly that, has matchup advantages that they can't deal with. They have nothing I, to say for Embiid. Nothing to say I, for Simmons. Yeah, I they, agree. They're trouble for them. I agree. Um, however, um, last night, and I, you know, you're from Chicago, so I may be uh, scarred or. You know, and I try to be an objective journalist. I'm probably the best one in this fucking city that we have because everybody else is trust the process when fucking Sam Hinkie lost on purpose. And they, they say, they after, just to give you an example, Marco Bellinelli, J.J. Redick, Ersan Ilyasova, all signed by uh, Brian Colangelo, who I'm not that big of a fan of either. But when they hit three-pointers and we were on a 17 17- game win streak, these uneducated, and I can tell you know the game, these uneducated idiots that are my uh, guys I got to sit next to in the stands say trust the process, and I, I, I want to hit them in the face because <laughs> this motherfucker yeah. Sam Henke was down in the basement crunching numbers with a calculator, like trying to redo Moneyball, and through dumb luck, there was a slogan in this town called Win, Winless for Wiggins. And everybody forgets that conveniently when they hurt uh, maybe uh, 30 games legitimately in his life who was discovered by Luke Faamute in Cameroon, a definite stud prospect, but none of us had any idea he was going to be like he is. And this Sam Hinkie that couldn't pick him out of a fucking police lineup. And these yeah, motherfuckers. And if you guys would have gotten Wiggins, you wouldn't be in the playoffs right now because Wiggins. Oh, uh, we'd that be damn we'd good. be terrible. And that's what <laughs> yeah. he was. He was positioning himself to get those ping pong balls to say this fucking kid from Kansas with his spin move. And you know, I rank players from high school. I tried to at least. And. <clears throat> I, I liked Aaron Gordon that year, so I was wrong too. But, I, you know, I still hold hope that Aaron Gordon will come out and be better. But we ended up with the best player in that draft without question. But nobody knew that, and we had third. We picked third. And they go, trust the process. Fuck you, motherfucker. Trust my dick. Trust the process. Yeah. yeah. You got a yeah, motherfucker I mean, down in the basement. Look, look man. Look, it's the ultimate scam. Because basically what you're saying is we're going to bottom out to the fullest and we're going to get as many picks as possible, trade as many picks as possible, and just get assets and keep accumulating them. But you're not giving the fan actually, you know, their dollars worth of NBA product. You're not putting the NBA product on the floor for years, but people are paying the same price. So you cheated the fans for some years. Now, it worked out because, like you said, you ended up with Embiid, who – if he's healthy, is a potential Hall of Famer. Like Embiid can be really, really great if he's healthy. Agreed. But yeah, Agreed. yeah, I, I'm with you on the process. That that's a whole lot of credit for saying we're just going to buy as many scratch off tickets as we can and hope to win the money. <laughs> like that's what you did. <laughs> uh, that's a good. I, I came on. I came on late, but this this guy can call anytime because he he knows the game. He, he's objective. His arguments are valid. You know where I gotta think, and you know, God bless, man. I, uh, you know, I respect. What What do you think? You know, from Chicago, what do you think? Uh, I believe, 
I still believe I sound like um, R. Kelly. Uh, no, that's uh, Blessed Union of Souls, my, my bad reference. Um, anyway, Blessed Union of Souls had that song. Google it, listeners. But anyway, um, I believe I Can Fly was the other one. Um, anyhow, from a different market, and I again, I have to say this, I didn't hear what you guys talked about. I believe we're going to take two here. And Ben will not, like, disappear. He hopefully will be Ben. And I think it'll be 2-2 going into game five. Your thoughts on the rest of the series? Well, it's a winnable series. Yeah, so, yeah, you could because you guys have more talent than them, so there's, there's a chance that you do it. But no matter what, you know, it's going to be tough just because, you know, Tatum is so good, Horford is a veteran, and Rogier, you know, Rogier is making himself into a starting point guard somewhere else besides Boston. So, you know, it's going to be rough. But, man, no matter what, you guys, the future is bright. I'm from Chicago, but I'm in Atlanta. So I'm watching a rebuilding project here. And this rebuilding project is going horribly. We don't even have an asset you can kind of hang your hat on. We got Jen, Dennis Stroder as the superstar here. So I was going to say I, I would love mean, to have him on my team any day, but I didn't watch him not that, as the number that closely one guy. this year. No, absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, man, we're bad. We're really bad. We suck. But what are you going to do? But actually, actually Atlanta's helped us with Marco and Ursan, but continue. Yep. Yep, yep. Ersan is really good, and Ersan should be taking some of Dario's minutes if he's not playing well. I wouldn't argue with that either. But, yeah, I want to see how that series goes, man. But, like I said, the thing that I hate most about this playoffs is Cleveland or whoever gets to the finals. I mean, these teams aren't good enough to beat whoever comes out of the West. So, I mean, what are we really, you know, anticipating? If we got you guys in there, at least there'd be some type of anticipation of what could happen. But, you know, they're a little too young for that. So you don't expect a young team to get to the finals. But, man, that Cleveland team is really, really flawed. They're bad defensively. And Golden State or whoever is going to cut them up if they get there. And then you got Boston where everybody wants to hang their hat on Brad Stevens. But, look, this is a talent league, make or miss league. Coaches don't win chips. Players do. So, Brad Stevens, you better wait on Kyrie to come back next year. So, I mean, it, it's just looking bad in the East. Hey, man, let me let me change the channel real quick because um, I can tell you know the game. Derrick Rose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, MVP. Uh, national championship at Memphis, you know, and whatnot, but then it got, you know, the whole scandal or whatever. They couldn't make badass, badass motherfucker though. Uh, a dude that could win, a talent has a little issue. I mean, he has obvious injuries, right? But he has issues yeah. upstairs, and we can read through those lines. I can tell you're on the same wavelength of, of not just judging the talent, but judging the mental aspect on every aspect of the game. So, Derrick Rose, right? Boom. Markel Fultz, same thing. Scapular imbalance, all that nonsense, whatever. Uh, 68 games, Brett Brown and, uh, you know, whatever. 
what they leak is that dude is thrown. He's he's fucking nuts, you know, in a not a not a burying him way, but you know, I got a little anxiety and depression or whatever, and and dude was a little thrown, lost confidence, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just brought those two up because they were first two to come to my head, but. Everybody from Stephen A. Smith to Max Gallerman to Adrian Wojciechowski or whatever fuck his name is that gets all the scoops and all these motherfuckers are like, well, when Kawhi is ready, guess what? I, I don't want Kawhi because Kawhi is telling me that he's a little thrown too. You know what I'm saying? He's got he's got that little uh, thing that San Antonio cleared him from his hamstring or whatever the fuck it is. And, you know, let me, let me preface this by saying a two way player. Yes. Last year before that idiot stepped on his foot on purpose, in my opinion, dirty fuck from golden state, Jaja Kapoor or whatever his name is, but the jabroni fucking goon idiot ruined that series. But Kawhi Leonard, you know, been down. He played like 12 games since. When you sit out a whole year and you're being influenced by your uncle from New Jersey and all this other shit, you got a crew. I mean, sitting out a whole year, to me, Kawhi Leonard's got to work his way back. And I wouldn't mortgage the farm for him for any franchise unless you're like Phoenix or something taking a chance. What do you think? You think he can come back? Like and beat Kawhi Leonard of last year, the year before this. This is a whole fucking year that he's been out. But I think I think we end up seeing Kawhi with LeBron. I think they figure out some landing spot together, and they end up challenging Golden State next year. But honestly, man, the the problem becomes uh, the team doctors work for the team, and if they give an assessment and that assessment doesn't appear to be true to you, yeah, you can ruin a relationship, man. They shouldn't have played him against Golden State last year because that appears to be the thing that fractured everything. He went with what they said. He went out there, and, of course, like you said, Zaza being the dirty guy that he was, stuck his foot under him and everything else. But it, it appears now he doesn't trust their training staff, and he thinks no matter what, they'll roll him out there, and he's thinking about his future. So I, I I think we're going to see Kawhi with LeBron somewhere, and we're going to see him be what he used to be. Uh, great player. But, I, look, like I said, we, 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 we tend to think a lot of that stuff in San Antonio was pop when the reality was they had a guy who's probably top ten in NBA history in Tim Duncan, and they were able to battle around that. Absolutely. And Tim Duncan was the, the good soldier. And he would deal with the pop yelling, screaming, and cussing at you. But, hey, man, that's not for everybody. You know what I mean? They right. had some issues with Aldridge last year with pop yelling and, and ranting and raving. Hey, and then, and then in the offseason, pop, pop sold him again and took him out and stuff and got to know him yeah. and what happened. But, yeah. yeah. I, I and then we, and then we found out. Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose is a role player now. That, that's what Derrick Rose will be for the rest of his NBA career. Those yeah, injuries yeah. have kind of taken away everything. So. You know what? But, uh, you know, I'm just putting myself in that owner position or actually general manager position. Uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, it's a no-brainer if it's last year. You can get him? Fuck yeah. But after this year with all the 
See, I, I, we, our show has uh, two beat writers from the Spurs, and you know, only so much information comes out. But the information, and I'm not, I'm not quoting them. I might have heard from somebody else, but you know, they've been on the air. They're on other episodes, and I just think Kawhi's a little bit, little bit weird up top. You know, the headgear, the the, the mental state. Uh, I would never disrespect him. He doesn't talk, so we never really were able to kind of get what his personality is. But no matter what, like I said, man, if you work for the franchise, you work for the franchise. So if you don't trust those doctors, you don't. And if we're talking about beat reporters, let's always be clear on this. If you're a beat reporter, your access is based on your relationship with the team. If you go outside of, of what's acceptable – and now all of a sudden you don't get access and you don't get those one-on-one interviews and you don't get the quotes, you don't eat. So, I mean, I mean there's, there's a bias always with beat reports because you, you need that access. I had a friend who worked for the Eagles for a few years. He had his media pass, credential, and everything else. And during one presser, he asked Jeffrey Lurie a question that a lot of people kind of gasped at and didn't like. And next thing you know, he didn't have a credential anymore at Philadelphia Eagle games. Yeah, I believe that. I, I know what you're saying. Um, fair, fair point. Um, yeah, so. I don't know if this is your first time, like, hearing us or checking us out or whatever, but you're definitely the yeah, kind of car that – Word up. Uh, you're definitely the kind of car that uh, – you know, I'd like to have back and and whatnot. Um, I don't know how long you and Tim talked before I finally got home. I, and you oh, know, it's, for people, it's been a while, but I I got a roll. But man, appreciate the time, man. I got a roll now. Yeah, appreciate the time. Yeah, man. You know, uh, Wednesday's our flagship NBA show, and we're getting hot, and and things are going good. So uh, I would greatly appreciate you uh, being part of our, uh, you know, what we're doing here, man. So, thank you, and uh, anytime, my friend. Oh, man, indeed. Enjoyed it, and I'll definitely do that, man. Y'all have a good night. Word. Thanks for calling, Noah. It was a good time. Yep. Well, that was interesting. Sorry, Tim. I was at a viewing of a childhood friend. Yeah, I kind of got my – I saw that after the fact. If I'd have saw it sooner, I just would have waited. But by the time I saw it, it was too late. I was already. I mean, I, I joined already, you guys halfway, but but I mean, uh, like he knows. Well, that he's guy knows in, the game. I don't even know. I got through. I did a couple stories on my own, and then he phoned, uh, but wanted to talk about basketball. But then we started talking about other stuff. But uh, yeah, no, he obviously there's a man who. Who who knows his knows his buckets? That's for sure. Yeah, man. Because uh, I'm I'm readily available to argue and, and make my points. If, if you make an intelligent counter counterpoint, which he did, I might not necessarily agree with his opinion. But why I want him and people like him back is because they're educated in their opinion, whether wrong, right, indifferent. And time will tell whoever's right. You know what I mean? And that's that's what we're building here. So well, he wasn't. A, but there's, there's there's nothing worse than the fan who is uh, 
I'm right because the team's winning. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, if that uh, makes sense. You know, everything I say must be true because, well, well they, won the, they won the series after all. Well, okay, so what? Not necessarily. Yeah, no, we talked about some other stuff too. He, his opinions were the he's a very much uh, uh, far left from my political leanings and all that sort of stuff. But he, you know, he uh, was willing to accept an argument back and and then made his own points and uh, pretty pretty solid dude. Like uh, I enjoyed enjoyed the call for certain. Well, I hope he keeps listening. I hope he keeps being a part, man, because we need. We need some intelligent people, not just jabrones, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's seems, from what I heard, I didn't hear it earlier, but he seems like a, a stud caller, you know what I mean? Well, I got his uh, I got his number and stuff, so we'll track him down, if nothing else, and invite him on if we have to, just for his insight. Because, like I said, he, he seemed to seemed to be following the game pretty tight. Um, right on. Anyways, so... Uh, you want to hear a little DJ Khaled news? Oh, I wasn't prepared for my boy there. Uh, uh, somebody made a – before you say the story, because I don't know the story, um, one of my comic friends – I have a number of comic friends who I kept who always comment and try to beat every other comic on the funniest comment. And I, I let me let me – let me embrace my brain here. And the, the the comment was something about more like BJ Khaled. Is he in trouble? <laughs> no, but he said something that as a man, uh, well, I, maybe, I, maybe I take that back. You as a man will laugh at. Some other men may, may agree with him, but you and I are not of that ilk. So... And then he he made the statement, and then he was put in his place by another uh, uh, used to be famous singer who's not so famous anymore. But you'll know the name when I tell you. I'm ready. All right. Well, so DJ Khaled comes out and says uh, he does not eat pussy because uh, what the fuck is that? Some kind of fucking religious thing. Oh, well, let me finish. He doesn't eat pussy, but he fully expects that his wife, of course, reciprocate, because after all, he is the king. The king of what? Don't throw your hands up! Throw your hands up! Uh, I don't know. King of the household, I guess. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, so, believe it or DJ, not. DJ Invalid. <laughs> So what believe it or fuck? not, Richard Marks of all people. I love. Hey man, don't 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 kill him. Oh, You're I'm not. not. Kill him. I'm a big fan. Oh no, yeah, no, me too. Uh, love the guy. Great, we, good singer. Accidentally, we found like somebody I was going to like talk about in a future episode. Go ahead. Yeah, no, love Richard Marks. Richard Marks, but Richard Marks comes out and says, "Um, you don't know what you're missing." And by the way, if you're not doing it, somebody else probably is. And left it at that. Um, wait, oh, about eating pussy. Correct. Right. Right. You know, so Richard, he, he doesn't Mark, doing that. He does. He doesn't know what he's missing. Where and, uh, are you going? 
that's a your clitoris too. I figured you would have went with should have known better. Well, I just I, I, you, you know, know it's there, right? It's on the spot, right, bro. I'm just you know the pussy is right here waiting for you. There's another one you could go to. Man, the shit writes itself. Well, we're talking about oral sex, so, you know, I I brought in the clitoris. I may be a little rusty because I didn't have time, but whatever. Um, Richard Marks, uh, let's just get this out of the way. Um, uh, Hold on to the night. Uh, Excellent song. you remember that song? Excellent song. Yeah, it was a ballad and whatever, but Richard Marks writes songs, plays piano, plays guitar, plays guitar at, at a Jimi Hendrix level, by the way. And anybody listening will say, Richard Marx is fucking gay. You know, and I don't, Fuck you know, that. that to Can their credit, it. to their credit, though, to save them, um, gay means not cool and corny to about 99.9% of them, you know, America, Canada, whatever, civilization. But that point zero zero one loud percent thinks that you're, uh, whatever, uh, bashing uh, men that like men and women that like women. Gay, I, I changed the spelling. I don't know if I was the first, but my gay is G-H-E-Y, gay. It's a <laughs> slang term. It's a slang term for, for soft, corny, whack, whatever you want to put in there, but it's stronger because it's, it's you know, it has a presence. But anyway, uh, Richard Marks, hold on to the night. Any of you motherfuckers that, uh, why would he talk about Richard Marks, man? I like Judas Priest and fucking Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. And I like, you know, whatever. Or if you want to go to another genre or whatever, uh, Andre Bocelli or fucking, you know, whoever the fuck you want to throw at me, just sit there, fucking genius. Listen to that song. Learn your fucking words. Try to hit those notes when he goes off. You will fucking pass out from no oxygen to your fucked up, sad brain because that Hold On To The Night is one of the most difficult songs to sing other than the, you know, original verses when you uh, just slowly build up to the bridge and the chorus. And bridge and chorus because I've sung on television, you motherfucking jabronis. I've beaten everybody that you idolize, you fucking scumbag. Anyway, listen to when I talk because I know what I'm talking about. Richard Marks can make your head, your oxygen, almost like a rear naked choke as an MMA fan and historian. It almost felt like when I was training... Very briefly, and I quit, I might add, so nobody can throw that at me. But I did train in that, and it feels like a rear naked choke when you try to hit the main note in that song. So, continue about Richard Marks cutting him up. Yeah, Richard Marks is the man. I'll also add in there. Is he Canadian or something? No, he's not. I I wonder why you like him. Because uh, he's a guy from uh, well, his first his first songs were kind of uh, they weren't rock, but they they were like fucking faggy. Year. 
Just say the his word, first, man. No, no, no. His first, his first big hit was Should Have Known Better, which is a fairly fast-paced song. Then he hit with a couple of those ballads that, but I don't mind those either. Um, but let's, yeah. let's not forget too that he's written. Songs do we have enough? For, do we have enough uh, bandwidth to go over time since I came in late? We can go for as long as we fucking want, sir. Right on. And we shall. Um, he's written and, songs. If anybody's for up listening, uh, if anybody's up listening, they're welcome to call. Whatever yeah, so that they'll only is. be able to, they'll only be able to do that for like about twelve more minutes. And then we lose the live part, but we can keep recording for as long as we want. So. All right. Um, he's written songs for Kenny Rogers. Uh, of course, he's a couple did. of couple, couple of heavy metal bands, uh, an all female heavy metal band called Vixen, which I don't know if you you may have heard of them. I'm very um, familiar with them. Yeah, he he wrote their big Tammy really big Tammy hit. Sitch, Tammy Sitch and <laughs> Melissa Hyatt. They did a Vixen. Right, the, that group. Yeah, that's them. Well, there was there was three of them, but anyway. Um, you gotta, was there you another one? Who was the other one? I, I don't know. I just know Vic. They were naked. Three of them. I don't know who they were. They were naked and they poured, I think, milk or white paint on each other's could have been when uh, they were both well. Could have been what's her name? Uh, oh fuck, I can't remember what she was in WCW. Uh, she was like the business lady type. Oh, was Terry Ronald or something. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So, possibly my friend Missy Hyatt, uh, my old friend Tammy, and uh, a girl I met once. But New Jack claims that two of the three, but maybe it's a common thread, eat asshole. And I don't mean physically consume me because I have a (laughs) cocky mood tonight. I mean mean, toss your salad... (laughs) I mean, bend you over, put you in a power bomb position, and lick your clitoris as a male. All right. Yeah, like this guy's been everywhere. Wrote songs for fucking Luther Vandross. Who doesn't like Luther Vandross? Something wrong with you? If Who doesn't? I love Luther Vandross. Yeah, never too much. Never too much. Never too much. There we go. Now you're talking. Bar- I mean, fuck, he wrote a song for Barbara Streisand, for God's sake. Oh, I ain't singing like that cloning fucking dog weirdo. Um, you don't clone dude, anything. Dude. You're not God just because you know Chris Christopherson. Yeah, Barbara's, you, Barbara's a little weird, but as far as entertainers, Babs, that's a pretty big name. Fuck Babs. Uh, Crazy Natalie fucking Cole. weirdo. Here's Natalie here. Cole. To show you. Here's a quick trivia this, note. Uh, I know I'm dominating again because I'm I'm loud. Oh, go ahead. But, I, but when you mention a reference that I need to present, um, I went to Caesar's Palace in Atlantic City. Date unknown. But if anybody could Google it, uh, that would be fine to prove that I'm telling the truth. Cole had a concert there when I was in my uh, long-term relationship and had a lot of money accessible at any time. And there wasn't casinos around. So we're talking 90s or early 2000s. And I walked in Caesar's. And I saw this vision of loveliness, of chocolate loveliness, in a, what they call, remember Danny Aiello and Papa Don't Preach? <laughs> Good God. That shirt. Yes, I do, but holy fuck. That shirt, <laughs> this vision of loveliness is approaching me 
and all my gambling aspirations were stunned as I was staring at a braless Danny Ayala Papa Don't Preach, as they call it in my neighborhood, a wife beater. And lo and behold, it was Natalie Cole. And it was good, you're saying. Oh, my goodness. I, I've i never, you know, unforgettable, unforgettable. Hacky, line, hacky line there to connect the dots. But yeah, well, I hope when I Natalie Cole... When Natalie Cole walks by you, and she's deceased, right? She have kidney issues or something? Um, yeah, you don't have you to check it right now, but yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, a couple of years now. Yeah, um, it's not like she, uh, you know, flirted with me or I squandered an opportunity, but that little uh, ten second fantasy. Rest in peace, Natalie Cole. You had the best Danny Aiello shirt. <laughs> the fucking best look. white beater titties. Tom oh, my God. And she just came off stage. So she was all made up and hair perfect and whatnot. And she had blue jeans on with, you know, perfect everything. And I was just like, Wow this is going to be a lucky night for me because I just walked by Natalie Cole and I proceeded to lose $870 and uh, (laughs) didn't even keep the $5 to get out of the parking lot. And, you know, I claimed to the parking lot stooge, you know, no disrespect to them. They probably earn a handsome living, but I, I I made up some cockamamie story. So they, you know, raised the, uh, what do you call that thing that's in front of your view when oh, you uh, yeah. raise the uh, – everybody knows like what the, I'm talking about. Yeah, like I don't know what to put, like the barricade. Barricade, yeah, they, they raised that. Not to be confused with the late landscape, but they raised right. that and let me out. Of course I'm going to do play on words. Um, so they let me out. Please. and uh, I'll set you free. Yes, they set me free to go home and feel the wrath of my <laughs> of the <ex>. beast. <laughs> uh, the number of the beast is uh, well. 666. Yes, uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't know why I interrupted you, but I've never told on a public uh, a forum about my Natalie Cole experience. So uh, rest in peace, Natalie Cole. I hope you're Correct. singing duets with your father in the afterlife. Unforgettable, and in my mind, you were unforgettable, and I would have made okay. love to you all night long. And uh, Tom Robinson is hoping that the only clothing in heaven is wife beaters and that God likes it a little no. bit cool. I don't know if I'll get upstairs. I don't know. But if the, if wife beaters is the gimmick... Oh, come on. Our work as long as I can't... I don't want to. I don't want to wear them. No, me neither. Because I'd look outrageously stupid in one. <laughs> my, yeah. My, I mean, I'm not saying that about you. I only see you through like Skype and like these oh, weird tr- connections through games. Trust and me, stuff, we, we all have the same body shape. You and Nate and I kind of pear shaped. Oh my God, we we need to find a 
we need to start like a new revolution of a, a cult or something where uh, that mm-hmm. is hot now. Well, you know, the, the, anyway, the dad body has become hot. Where you're yeah, not but really I in, think you're, you're kind of I in shape, but really not. That. Yeah, I oh, think gotcha. we've ate that at this point. <laughs> I, ate, I ate that middle-aged man for lunch. <laughs> Tuna. <laughs> Ran out of lunch meat. Dad, get over fair here. Enough, fair enough. Uh, what else did I have for you? I had some real gems, but I covered most of them. But um, well, I did want to hear your opinion on because we never really got into it. Me and Naj, uh, our new potential new co-host. Um, hey, you'll uh, you'll you love know, this one. If I'm late to the dance and he was on time, you might you know. We well, got I can tell you what, definitely for the basketball show. And he's welcome to call yeah. in for certain. I mean, fifteen minutes of knowledge. And he's in a be bad. I and he's in a major. He's in a major market as well. So well, two major markets. Too, right? he, he's from he Chicago. He Chicago, but and in he's Atlanta. In, he's in Hotlanta, as in I Hot say Atlanta. to my newbie, as I say to my newbie and princesses down there waiting on. <laughs> It, like, uh, what's that dude that said, lean back, lean back, lean back? You see my, I can't say that what he said. Well, don't dance, it's just full of the pants and do the rock away. I lean back. Mm-hmm. I'm big, he was know. Big Joe, right, or Fat Joe. He was Fat Joe. Before, fat Joe. everybody got outraged because they were fat shaming with his name. No, he was fat. And he was self-deprecating. That's kind of an irony, you dumb fucking idiots. And I would be Fat Tom, and I would say, lean back, lean back, lean back. Come on. (laughs) My Canadians don't dance. They just pull up the pants and say, West Virginia away. Lean back. Nate Bush. Lean back. Lean back. Come on. Lean back with Nate Bush. God, there's a visual. <laughs> a visual? Jesus oh, Christ. That's a, that's a visual I didn't need. Oh. Anyhow, moving on. Um, yeah, this this one's going to make you laugh because you're really going to feel the pain of this young lady. So she's a 15-year-old girl. Lives in Beverly Hills. 50 or 15? 50. One five. Five oh? No, one five. Teenager. Fifteen. All right. Mummy pays her five thousand dollars a month in allowance. By my math, on a regular month, four months four weeks a month rather, excuse me. That would be two fifty a week. Twelve, twelve hundred and fifty a week. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What was the big number? Five thousand dollars a month. Oh, I thought you not five hundred. One thousand. No, five thousand. Five k. Okay. Okay. This I is gotta shut up starts. now before I hear the facts. Okay, this is where the story starts to get weird. Um. Story already got is, weird, but anyway. Yeah, it gets it gets you know fuck it gets way weirder. The mother looks. Oh, shut up, you blog talk lady. Um, the mother's looking at her credit card bills and shit, and sees the girl is actually spending 
you know, her $5,000 allowance plus another 10k on the credit cards. So the mom decides that's bullshit and cuts her down to $1,000 a month in allowance. Okay, so I'm psychic. So now I got the right. All right. So so we're down to the 1,000. Now this is where it gets weird. The daughter is going to sue her parents because, of course, she has become accustomed to $5,000 a month. And her parents are rich, so it's not like they can't afford it. She would like to get she would like to get $10,000 a month in allowance. What is she uh, doing a scratch-off or waiting on publisher's clearinghouse? Um, I have to is, assume that the kid's got a drug problem or something along those uh, lines. There is, quote-unquote, an opioid epidemic here in the world, but um, you know, I, I'm not gonna say nothing about that because I'll get. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Like, I, I, I'm. She doesn't appear like to look at her. Like she's, uh, she appears to be a healthy-looking girl. Let me let but, me make a wild guess. This girl is Caucasian. You are correct. How did you know? Well, let me because different cultures do different stupid things and that's not racist that's realist uh you know it is what it is and that's a white chick move um so to stop this to put an end to this the uh in not influenza to make it clear affluenza for the affluent She's already crossed the line, and I need six dark black skin tone sharpshooters, snipers, if you will, from, I don't care if they're from Joseph Coney, from, who did all that nasty shit in Africa. I need them to line up and put this bitch in the wall and have a 2018 firing squad. She has no purpose on this earth. She is an entitled little white chick. And bang, bang, shoot him up. (laughs) See, I'm going to agree with you, but I also want them to shoot the mother. Um, For for being an enabler? Yeah. Not to be confused with, not to be confused with the stake. Ken Stabler, in case there's audio no, problems. That I was not talking wizard. about the Raiders. Yeah, left-handed wizard about, that he was. Yes. I was not talking about that. I was talking about an enabler. I mean, you have to realize that the $5,000 is just allowance. They still pay for everything else. She has her own credit cards with no limits, where her mother says sometimes Here's, the bills are... Or the bills are 10k a month sometimes. Oh yeah, you know, I. Uh, <laughs> you know, I so can... I'm kind of laying it at the parents' feet too. I mean, you're letting her do it. You know what? Take, uh, away, take I... away your stuff. 
if I dye my beard, I might be a, a valid, a viable replacement to that soon deceased daughter. Well, you know, we could only have to get you in there for like even a month or two. You could run yeah, up the I, credit I, cards and <laughs> run up the credit I, cards I, I, with cash advances and I'd be the equivalent of what about Bob? <laughs> you could do the uh the the uh what was it, the Wayan brothers who did white chicks? But it would just oh, love black white angle. Underrated be... great reference. Underrated yeah, like movie. That movie. I love yeah, it. Yeah, now it's, it's now it's politically incorrect if you like white chicks because that's just wrong. Yeah, and I want to blast it on a fucking uh, what do they call it? A loop. <laughs> yeah, white chicks. Everyone, yeah, every you know, with the with the Donald Trump like uh, firmness on building walls and shit. Like, you know, we have Mexican friends like my man, if you're listening, shout out Armando Martinez, who I'm sure is like, you know, I'm sure like him and my friends Ruben McDermott and Billy McDermott from the neighborhood that I grew up with. Mexican America, don't get a bird. Yeah, I was just about to say, is it wrong to say his name Armando Martinez? Or is that right? Not to him. Not to him, because he'll bust off. No, probably not, because Armando's pretty cool, but. But but the the, piece, the snowflake fucking man, the snowflake uh, like that was me being racist. We, yeah, if they think that they could either protest and give us bigger ratings, or not listening because <laughs> we don't like you, corner and die. Go on to Starbucks and don't buy anything, you fucking sign <laughs> hanging faggots, queer oh, fucking yeah. jabroni lesbian jabroni. nothings. And I'm talking about the white ones. I, I'm not talking about those unfortunate African Americans. And now that the whole story's out, and the guys, uh, the, you know, uh, gave for, the uh, the settlement settled for to a buck. A charity, yeah, settled for a dollar each. Yeah, you know, got you know, I, he, he, even if you're a total conspiracy guy. You can't fuck with that. Those dudes are cool in my book, you know. Well, there's one of two things there: either they're, they're either they are up and up cool dudes, or they were smart enough to know that if they took any money, they were going to look bad, so they went the other way. Well, guess what? Which is that, still good on that, them. That echoes my point uh, in lauding them and, and applauding them because. This brother, who ain't even a brother, would have took anything he could get, plus a latte. And I don't even drink coffee, so yeah, good for is. them. I'd have fucking made shit up and had a uh, had a movie that probably I couldn't pitch to anybody, but, like, Seth Rogen's about to go down, probably. He's probably felt up a chick's tits or grabbed an ass when he went, <laughs> I smoked weed, oh. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> Um, so, you know, um, he'll probably like have his last dying film to get back into whatever, whoever, you know, your boy, Kevin Smith is actually pretty strong. I listened to an interview. I don't mean to go way off topic, but I listened to an interview with him, uh, about his, uh, near death experience on the dreaded Stephen Colbert. And if you're listening to Colbert, you fucking pussy. Uh, he's um, a 
He's a dick. I can't I, stand I, him. I respect I respect his uh uh stance on making sure everybody knows that he is a either Catholic or Christian because I don't pay that much attention but he makes he makes sure everybody knows that he believes in, in, in a higher power and a God of of his understanding. So I, I do respect that in this world of confusion and uh, division and whatever. But um, every night, kid, and I call him kid, like he's probably older than me, but every night, kid, you're going to do an 80-fucking-year monologue about Trump and every guest you have about Trump. Well, I got this movie called um, uh, Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about what Donald Trump said? Fuck you, Stephen Colbert. Fucking retard. Oh, well, that whole... You know what I mean? That's all late-night TV shows are now. I know. Fallon, Kimmel. Kimmel, Fallon, uh, all of them. That's all it is. Actually, actually, the only one that I've, uh, you know, and especially that douche... Seth Meyers, way to fucking move down because, you know, because of dicks like Seth Meyers, who was actually kind of talented at SNL. He was fairly funny on SNL, yeah. It was all right. But when you focus your whole, you know, I, I know a little bit because I had a friend who wrote for The Tonight Show about how it works, and they get packets of, of news, and they have to, uh, you know, there's a, a crew of writers or whatnot, but, you know, it must have all been changed since, uh, you know, the new thing. But they used Keep to, it. the monologues used to be funny. Yeah, I mean, he, that's the whole point. If you switched to Leno can... or Letterman, even if you hated one or the other, if you listened to all the monologues, even if you begrudgingly, is that the word, or regrudgingly, Tim? You have begrudgingly. to words. Begrudgingly, because you had a preconceived notion that you didn't like one or the other, if they made a funny joke, you would laugh or at least chuckle and then switch to your favorite. But these fucking guys just suck. That's because there is no funny. The joke in their minds is that they're making fun of Trump. Yeah. It's not really, it's not, but that's not funny anymore. Uh-oh. Well, you know, one joke a night is, but not 50. You just well, sound only, like, well, The yeah. only shtick you got is, uh, you know, and they, and they uh, so you're making a movie, what's it called? Uh, uh, you know, Dumb Fucks. Oh, that must star Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, well, that's not funny. Like, no. And you, you, <laughs> sound, like, you, sound, you sound not audibly, but uh, with the same... Uh, if we isolate clips eventually when we know what we're doing um, with our production side, take take that. That's what you get. You know. No, but take that In- so I can finish so you don't take that as an insult. I'm saying the oh, three I'm of not. Us, when we can fucking twang shit um, and do sound bites and shit, um, if any Howard Stern fans are out there giving us a try, when Billy Crystal said, "Yeah, it's not, it's 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 not funny," and Howard Stern was definitely funny, Fred Norris, etc. Um, so, yeah, you guys need to start either 
realizing that what you're doing, everybody's going to impeach. See, I hate going down this road, Tim. No, but, but as far as the comedy part goes, you're right, though. The jokes are crafted with that as the punchline. And, and, they're, and they're not to their, funny. To their, to their specific, I said specific almost. Um, let me be more specific. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll be Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. Let me, be, let me be more Indian Ocean. But oh, anyhow. See, that's, that's where I slip in the reference to our listeners that I am not as I appear. I'm very intelligent. Um, See, we were, very just, we were just funnier. That was a funnier joke. What we just did was funnier than right. anything on late night television. Right. Um, because they will go, well, Donald Trump had this comment and they'll show a clip and he, either they'll show a real clip or, or make a clip up or whatever. Or, or, or that is, I mean, it was funny once when they made fun of his, you know, he's a Cheeto and he's got fucked up hair. Okay, it was funny you one know, time, maybe maybe twice, but by the, the, the 300th con- time on the 15th show, it's not funny anymore. The controversial, you're right, Tim. I'm sorry to not respond, but I already had this thought, and you know me. Um, I can't get rid <laughs> of the thought. I need to jump in. Um Michelle Wolf, who I had no prior. Me neither. Uh, I didn't know who she was. No, and never heard of her. I, I, uh, you know, I'll say straight up, and I don't care that females, for the most part, are garbage comics. Um, a friend from Philly, Mary Radzinski, is funny. Sarah Silverman, before she got weird, was very funny. Um, I don't know. There's like five that were funny. If you can think of one, there's you can add it in. But yeah, they just like stopped, Amy, Amy Schumer is not funny. She was funny for a minute, but then I discovered that yeah, she, got famous. she was like, yes. yeah, no, but she, uh, it's been, she's been outed because she used to hang at the Comedy Cellar, and, and she just reworded everybody, every male comic. Okay, well, that's made it into a, I'm just saying, know. as far as her stand-up routine was, she wasn't really yeah, that yeah, funny. Yeah, she made me laugh. Become, she made me laugh. She's, be, she's become PC, though, now. Now she's not allowed to make, the only joke she can make is, you know, uh, they're feminist jokes. $800 million might do that to you, and I don't know if we that's get offered, possible. I might I might come on the air and go, Hey, man. <laughs> hey, Tim, everything's great. You know, go for it. Well, you might, you might, you might want to, we might want to have uh, starting Tommy Rich on for 14 hours in a row if somebody was starting. Hey, whatever you want. You know, whatever my check. audience wants. But uh, anyway, back to Michelle Wolf. Um, all these, uh, our friend Kenny Bowen, if he ever listens, uh, who knows? Who knows who listens? We got listeners in in uh, forty two states, I believe. Forty two states, I believe, and I think uh, seventeen countries or some shit like that. Something like that. Uh, anyway, you don't have to and correct yes, me now. I correct me later. Just so the audience, uh, if they can hear it, I'm doing it. You're a kindred spirit because I felt the urge to, but um, couldn't wait. <laughs> Michelle Wolf, let's do a double whammy. 
Let's do scissors. Canada, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Um, so Michelle Wolf went out there in a very intimidating situation, and I've done stand-up. And I'm sure in your world, because I know you, that you're intelligent and you've been around, you know, the box, and if not, just lie, that you've done public speaking, which is also... Um, I actually have a tiny, I have a tiny bit at one time. There you go. I know enough to so know it's very that, intimidating. that it's not fun to be behind the mic, necessarily. Yeah, but you can imagine um, being in that position. And you can take it two ways. You can be a fucking wilting flower that doesn't blossom. Or you can say to yourself in the mirror while you're writing your set, going to get corporate gigs, which pay like 20 grand for 15 minutes, by the way, which I, I really <coughs> wanted to regret my decision to stop comedy. Takes fucking 20 minutes to write a set. But anyway, um, Michelle Wolf goes out there and she calls herself small titted. I'm not going to quote every joke she said because I don't quite remember everything. She she dissed herself. She dissed uh, Congress and the Senate. She dissed the Democratic Party, et cetera, et cetera. And then she banged Trump, which were, you know, brutally obvious, easy jokes. Killed Kellyanne Conway, which I would do too, even though, you know... If I were, I said, even though I almost exposed myself, uh, yeah, fuck it, I voted for Trump. But Kellyanne Conway's a, you know, flip-flopper. She was the spokesperson for the other party, and uh, is what it is, but she she crushed her. But people are are trying to cling to this fat-shaming or whatever the fuck they're trying to do with uh, Sarah Hucker v. Bernie Sanders, uh, whatever her name is. Um, but she didn't yeah. say fat. She said fat. No. She didn't and she said that. her punchline was that it turned out into, and I don't know the female quote of makeup, but it, it had to do with her eyeshadow was the punchline. And it was actually complimentary if you listened to everything. This, in the beginning, but she said the end, the end line was about her uh, eye makeup. Like, and then she said the off-record comment, like, oh, it's so awesome or so beautiful. I don't know. But everybody went, she was so fat-shaming. She was so killing. You know, when she said she's a liar and stuff like that, well, who hasn't? But she said it as a joke. I don't disagree with you because I think in that in those situations, um, you're going to hire a comedian for one of those things. You you should right. be knowing what you're going to get, right? That you know you're going to take some heat. She was getting heat though because she was a black woman saying it about a white woman, and their argument was if we reverse that, and Sarah Huckabee calls her those Whoa. things. People take a shit fit. That was the point, or at least for some people. Wait a wait a cotton picking minute. <laughs> yes, massa. Uh, 
I'm glad you caught I'm not that. Saying, and... I'm not saying that that was my problem. Hold on. Hold, hold on, Tim. I was using a hacky joke um, about cotton picking, which has been a saying forever, which an NBA analyst or color commentator or whatever said about Russell Westbrook in a complimentary way. He's out of his cotton picking mind, and they tried to make that crazy. a big story. Yeah. And, know. Uh, you know, I really didn't need, never, when that was a saying, because we're old, did I ever, uh, you know, and I, I'm open to this, listeners and, and friends. You know, if I'm being insensitive with that, absolutely, I apologize. But, um, you know, I've never thought of it that way. So, you know, those kind of educations between races are great, and we can just, you know, move forward. But anyhow, back to that, her. My, um, my problem with that, Tom, is, is did did black people pick cotton? Yes, they did. And that's that's the end of it when I say stuff like that, like in and not and not even in that uh, sense. But there was there were people who picked cotton, so you're a cotton picker. Like there's no slur there, really. Like I don't see that as me being negative towards anyone. It's well, I mean, menial, it was a menial labor I, job that probably sucked. I don't but, either, Tim. But the argument, but but I had something to say about the other topic. So can you keep that? Yep. The argument on the other side is that, you know, when when you and I don't see that or don't feel that or whatever, um, that we don't know what it's like to live as a black person. I don't want to make this all about black people. I mean, any other uh, whatever. But by the same token. I don't know what it's like for you to live as a Canadian in near whatever the fuck you live in. You fucking, uh, I see it on my phone, but I, I still can't point it on a map somewhere near Calgary, I guess. <laughs> I'm nowhere near and, Calgary. You get that out of your head. Oh, uh, whatever. But <laughs> you don't know what it's like to live in Clifton Heights and have insecurities no, and stuff like not. that. So, I mean, like, fair enough. If you want to state that. Anybody that could say that. I don't know what it's like to be an all-Japan wrestler or whatever. But here's the deal. Um, You turn around and say, I don't know what it's like. But then you flip the script and say, you don't understand and you never will. Fuck y'all. That sounded like blackish. But now where... Now, now, what's my direction? Like, how can I understand? Right. Like, if I'm if I'm in your corner, you can't have it both ways, you know. Um, I, and, I agree and, to some degree. And in I'm truth, not, sh- none of us will ever know. Except the only thing that we know is that when I got a shower in my hoop heyday, the black guys had bigger dicks than me. And is that racist? I don't know because that's a compliment in my opinion. I think some people would say it is because you're automatically laying that assumption on all black people, not knowing well, all black I didn't, people. On my well, fucking team, know. motherfuckers, and I'm speaking for my fucking team, I was a point guard and I'm Irish. And I, so and I you want to do some – go ahead. 
I would say that just because a black man is in a wheelchair doesn't mean he's a cripple. Oh, you had to go right? down the. Uh, well, no, because they got big dicks, and some of them just can't drag that thing along. They're not always in wheelchairs because they're cripples. Just I I kind of knew where you were going, but you know I'm I'm trying to not uh. It's a little too far. You're starting you? to yeah, pot a little Canada, bit tonight, there. I can I can offend everybody because I just play my I'm a Canadian card, and people go, yeah, you're right. You guys are fucking. You guys are all right. And they, all right, they, so tell they me give about... us a little. They give us a little tussle on our hair and tell us we're good and we're we're all it's all good. Well, as long as they keep listening and downloading and rating. Reviewing on iTunes, you well, lazy no. motherfuckers. Yeah, true enough. And and I mean, we have the numbers that you're listening, and I know that you're. We are a guilty pleasure because uh, either you agree with us and can't say it, or you disagree with us but listen anyway. So give a five hey, star review. Welcome. Oh, most that well, it better be a fucking five star review. Bother. Well, four be okay. I don't even care if it's four star if they say something, but just you know. And and you know, feel free. Like I mean, okay, they can't now because of course we're we're past our our time limit for live callers. But uh, I have no problem with anybody like Naj who phoned in earlier has a, a very different viewpoint of the world than what I do. And he's a liberal. Like he's, he said, he's, he's past liberal. He's so far left. Okay. Well, that's definitely not. Not like me, and yet we had a very good. Like if you go back and listen, which you probably will, we had a very good intelligent converse, intelligent conversation. There was no yelling, there was no screaming, there was no name calling. We could agree to disagree and move on to something else. Wow! If you got facts, I, if you got opinions, and you got facts to back up your opinion, by all means, bring them on. I don't, I don't mind that at all. You might even make me see something I hadn't considered before. But just to scream out you're a racist or, or whatever it is, or you're anti-whatever, just because I don't agree with you. Okay, well, that's the argument of, a, of a, an uneducated well, I, person. I mean, you know, that I don't all due, hear, but... With all, with all due respect, you are a fucking Nazi racist in every... You're guilty well, of Well, in every way, I mean, shape, or form. He, he didn't know that. Well, he didn't know. I, he just assumed because I was from Canada that I was a great guy. You see, I kid, I kid, listeners. <laughs> we're just joking. Um, I have no ties I, to the Nazi Party. None. Anyhow, I I said keep me on the topic. Do you remember what I was talking about? I fucking don't remember what it was. <laughs> you dickhead. Um, um. The fuck are we talking about, Sarah Huckabee? We talked about Michelle Wolf. I don't Michelle know. Wolf, if, uh, well, I mean, if I didn't complete, if I didn't complete I the point know. about Michelle Wolf, um, I, 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 you know, I'm a guy who came from, you know, not stand-up background, but I, I was in the mix for a couple years, and I heard of everybody from New York to L.A. to Philly and Chicago. Second City, Upright Citizens Brigade, um, etc. And I I wasn't familiar with her or her work. And when I watched, like, uh, and I'll call out my buddy Kenny Bowen down there in Louisville, 
He keeps posting. Well, if you haven't seen, and I remember the way he talks, and I'll try to remember right now. If you haven't seen uh, Michelle Wolf, and you're a Donald Trump supporter, you shouldn't fucking watch it. She did oh, great. Does it, might, does it might trigger you? We don't run yeah, to our safe spaces. I don't that's know. The difference between that's us. a. That's selective memory and selective viewing and everything else. Because I said, and I don't think this is what I wanted you to remember because I was like three quarters of the way through it, but she she went and called out CNN and she said, uh, you're always breaking news, but unfortunately you just broke news. Like she married them. And then she said, and I don't know if that was the exact joke, but she buried well, I don't them. Know. And I don't know if you probably find out, but um, I'd like to know, A, who hires who hires that person? They obviously don't give them, um, like, confines with which to work in. Like, hey, okay, we don't want to hear any, you know, we're going to hire you to do this gig, but no fucking Trump jokes. Yeah, well, I mean, I would so say. They, so so why know. is everybody so surprised that, that she went where she went? Like. That's what I quite don't really understand. Well, I don't understand why they think, uh, and they keep posting that it was anti-Republican, anti-Trump, because, yeah, she made, like, more jokes about Trump, but he's the president. Every other correspondence dinner, or even Don Rickles, made more jokes about the president than everybody else, but she also buried the Democrats, and she said, this is your fault, and... She really I mean, crossed she everybody. Have, uh, like Huckabee, like if you really, like, I mean, okay, and it's easy for me to say because nobody was throwing rocks at me. But really the way to embrace that is how we usually do in in, in other things. She should have laughed, had a chuckle, and uh, when they asked you about it, you say, yeah, she was pretty funny. It was her, not all of her jokes were for me, but she was all right. And then they got no ammo. And there's no story. I kind of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I laughed because uh, I really laughed, or I laughed because I've been in a very smaller position. I don't want to get angry, Billy, or any of those weirdos like uh, all fired up saving this five second tape, um, but. I did stand up, not at the fucking correspondence dinner, and it made me chuckle because I don't know if it was the jokes or the balls that she had, and she's sitting at the front table, and uh, like Sarah Huckleberry Finn or whatever her name is, um, and uh, <laughs> Jeff Conaway from uh, Grease and Taxi fame. She, they got, she they made pulled him out of the grave for the show. Hey, that's celebrity rehab. Uh, was really Dr. Drew this time around. basically killed uh, about 10 people. Minnie well, McCree blew her head out. off. It's what, celebrity resurrection, they call it now. Yeah, I, I want to get on that before I die. Um, Jeff Conaway, and I know we're going all over the place. Who cares? Um who listens to this to be on fucking point? 
Um, the dude from Allison Change, you know his name, Mike Starr or something. No, uh, Lance Daly. I don't know. No, he killed himself. He killed, he's the lead singer. Oh, okay. We're, other not lead singer. We're not talking lead singers? Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't know that. No, 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 no. Mike Lee Starr, Starr John Starr, or fucking Ricky yeah, I Starr. Or, I don't know. But he, he died. I don't know what the deal was, overdose or something. Jeff Conaway died. Uh, Minnie McCree blew her own fucking head off and killed her. This motherfucking bitch. You know, I had very high sympathy because I was a country guy when she did. She was a good looking. I can't. Yeah, at one point. Too. At one point. Guys do it all the time was her uh, breakout hit. And about, like, you know, the difference between chicks and dudes or whatever. But, yeah, she was beautiful. Uh, I think she had a high profile relationship. Google it, motherfuckers, because I ain't telling you who, because I don't think. I remember. Who, uh, she had Troy Aikman or something. I mean, not him, she, but somebody like that. I'm getting, I think I'm getting her mixed up with somebody else. Who's the chick who said... Guys uh, do it all the time. Was Strawberry her, wine her. and... No, did, I shave my uh, legs for, did I shave my legs for this? I think was the other one. Um, another good-looking broad. Back when Dina they were pumping them out. And, Dina, Dina Carter. Carter, correct. There you got it. Well done, sir. You you can't yeah. stump me on that era. But anyway, um, this Benny McCready was, uh, guys do it all the time. She had a, a couple, you know, good songs and very, very she pretty. She had a couple of fairly big, big hits, I believe. Yeah, yeah, a million dollars. Enough that she should high, have hung around longer. High profile uh, relationship with whoever we're going to uh, figure out. And... I'm gonna find out. She went on celebrity <laughs> rehab. She went on celebrity rehab, and uh, you know, did the, uh, the went through the motions with Dr. Drew. As did, as I mentioned, Jeff Conaway from Grease and Taxi, dead. Uh, the dude from Allison Change, I, uh, Allison Chains, not Change. That's what I'm looking for at this point in my life. But anyway. Um, yeah, okay, like McCready a lot of was, people died. Mindy Rodney McCready King was, was on there. She was Rodney King was on Clemens. there. Oh, it was Clemens, yeah. yeah she Clemens was, was her. Clemens. Yeah, she was Clemens's mistress. So then she sat on her porch. Maybe even her husband was. It might have been a Benoit, but you could correct me if you find it. But. She went through all this rehab and all this other shit. But the thing that pissed me off, like, because I go through, I battle my mental demons. And boy, have I been depressed. I woke up and said, I want to go back to bed because there's nothing in this life for me. So I can't imagine that she was in a worse mindset than me on some days. And this bitch, after getting the, the help that she needed, quote-unquote, everybody reaching out. She had a fucking million dollars in the bank. She's attractive. You name it. She decides one night, probably, you know, on, and you can find that out, too, if you Google, probably, that she wants to blow her own head off. Okay. That's everybody's decision. Our Bud Dwyer did it on live TV when I was a kid. 
I ain't mad at you, as the bros would say. But you know what she did first, Tim? I think I do, but go ahead. She shot her dog to death first on the porch. I mean, that is oh, Chris Benoit than, 101. Worse than that, though. Worse than that, though. Did she kill the husband? Uh, no, but she, she shot herself on the same front porch where her, uh, whoever David Wilson is, her former boyfriend, where he had killed himself. Killed himself. Yeah, I remember that. And, then, and, the dog, and the dog that she shot was his dog. Yeah. Great country song, actually. I should. We should start yeah, writing. There's, there's a ballad in there somewhere. Luckily, her two children had to be uh, She'd lost custody of the two kids, or they probably would have been victims too. But she didn't have them and couldn't get them. They oh yeah, there, I so. mean, they're not so. here. But I mean, I'm sure they'll be fine with the memory of mommy blowing her fucking head oh, off. Oh god, yeah, I can't imagine how how that. You be. stupid blonde fucking dummy cunt. You asshole uh, bitch. Guys do it all the time. I don't know what her issues were, like if she had any mental problems or not, but she definitely had some drug issues. Uh, So I'm not sure, you know, when you've got a... Tim, as a a mentally ill person who you're talking to, drug issues come after, or vice versa. I don't know what I'm saying, but... Well, she had... She was arrested in 2004 for uh, fake prescriptions for OxyContin. Yeah, yeah, she wrote her own shit because she was a star, and then they they cut her off because she wasn't because she had a down period. But she is basically uh, Tammy Sitch. Pretty much. Country music. She was uh, 2005 arrested for DUI. Um, Later that year, she was with identity theft. Like why yeah, does the greedy need? Like it's that's getting kind of fucked up, right? I didn't even want to be herself. Um, arrested a whole bunch more times for resisting arrest, battery and assault. If any, if anybody's still listening and doesn't know this name, and doesn't know this story, Google this bitch when she was young, and you'll you're if you have a non-impotent penis. Um, you will you will be aroused because she things. was beautiful, and she was uh, she had number ones, and she was just awesome. Like she was carrying the American dream of success. You know, and she was di- died, died at, sudden, died at uh, thirty-seven years old when she died. So she at her own old. cold, as the NRA would say, cold dead hands she blew her own fucking head off that dumb bitch I have no sympathy but I'm so mad at her for the dog thing like you know people people have theories about that fucking Benoit I'm not even going to say his name right now Chris Benoit (laughs) Chris Um, Benoit he he well maybe he uh, maybe nothing um well, it looks like Daniel. That's in poor taste. Anyway, he choked out his son named Daniel um, to death. But there is a uh, lot of choice. A uh, woman 
uh, Nancy, uh, Kevin Sullivan's ex, uh, the fallen angel, whatever else gimmick she had. She was smoking hot. To me, she was nice. The few times I was around her. That uh, Benoit flew home to kill her. And I can understand it wanting to kill your spouse. Trust me, I can. But actually booking a flight when you're supposed to have your first ever wrestling match with CM Punk. And trust me, because I literally was in the side of Jerry the King Lawler in Woodbury, New Jersey, two months straight, having a mini feud with Chris Benoit. I drank with Chris Benoit. I put the boots to Chris Benoit. I knew the guy a little bit then, and I knew he was a little bit fucked up. And a friend of mine from the Blackhearts tag team, Google them too, fuck faces. He was on the second show, or maybe the first show, I don't know, but Chris Benoit used to piss in his beer and then recap it and hand it to him and make jokes to his idol Dynamite Kid. Chris Benoit was never a good man, ever. He was steroided the fucking wazoo, and he was a jagoff. I mean, I said his name. I meant to say Benoit. Benoit. Um, so yeah. Tom Nash, out of nowhere, tackled him against a fucking beam when all of us were gathering for a show. None of us knew what the fuck was going on, but... If you doubt me, I'll bring Tom Nash on, and he'll tell you. And it's mine and his story, and Benoit is dead, but there were other witnesses as well. Benoit was a scumbag. Uh, the Miz, who's still there after like 12 years, is probably being kept there, although he's entertaining, uh, because of the multi-million dollar fucking lawsuit he could have against the WWE from JBL and Chris Benoit. But he's still there. He lasted through the hazing, through the uh, smartening you up and all that other shit. You know what? Benoit, Nancy was fucking pretty cool. And I can understand, like Chris Rock says about OJ, I'm not condoning motor. I said motor on purpose because then I can get out of it if I condone, condone, condone murder. Um, no, I'm not condoning any of that. But I can understand where you could be at the point of rage where you do something crazy. But to book a flight when you're mad and to precisely do what he did he is a jag-off. And then to finish the whole weekend, you know, he killed himself, obviously, with his weight thing because he had to put that over, fucking Mark. Um, but he, you know, how can you take, I don't know how old Daniel was, five, seven, three, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but how Maybe could you shit. take your son, and, uh, you know, just call the cops. You're ready to end it. Have them death by cop. Take care of my kid. I I fucking hated my wife. 
we've all hated our wife at one point, you know, whatever. But you consciously, rationally, whatever, you know, he'll see to you. Fuck you, C.T. C-U-N-T. He's a cunt. <laughs> well, he may have loved that, kid, but I don't, I don't care. That doesn't... When you take a little kid that, and you're his hero, and he's your offspring genetically, I don't know how we got here on the Tim and Tom show. I don't know. You got dark for a minute. Someone turned the lights out Chris on the show. Anybody else? Anybody else who kills their own child? This is giving me a good idea for another show, though. We're gonna have to do like, uh, um, not necessarily failed stars, but people who were once big and now are are not in the country music industry. Fair enough. I know a lot about them. I know. I know you do, and that's. And I know a little bit, and that's enough for us to go somewhere with that. We'll have to have a have to have a chat about that. And I was just looking up Dina Carter while you were talking about Chris Benoit. And like I worked in a record store from oh, what 1988 till about 95, 96. So I know enough about like I know the names, and I know maybe the. The songs, I might not know much else about them. That's where you come in, because you know the, the underbelly stuff that I don't know. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and the Nashville, many times. Nashville. Where my good friend Keith Urban hangs up. Oh, you got to stop about that motherfucker. Him and that uh, walrus clapping, um, eyes wide shut. Titty barely showing fucking Australian. Yeah, I kind of figured, you know, I always figured he could do so much better than her. Well, they were Scientologists, and now Keith Urban's a Scientologist. Because she's not, I mean, Nicole Kidman's not healing or anything, but... If you come behind my plane, I'll suck Keith Urban's dick. Nicole, you want to (laughs) watch? Listen, I'm a Scientologist too. You can figure Kelly Preston because, you know, you can do what you want to do. Uh, I'm Vinny Ballerino. Remember me from Look Who's Talking? I was in Look Who's Talking. I will blow you. I will blow Tom Cruise. I will eat your load. Let's go get a massage. Oh, no, that's I want massage. No, that's not. No, that is Travolta. Is the massage is the one who's being charged by that case just disappeared too. I wonder what ever happened with that. Um, there was Travolta. a there was a whole shitload of cases against him where massage people from various hotels had got together and were were shit. Probably got settled out of court. That's probably what happened, and they probably got gagged. <laughs> they probably got a yeah. gag order and, and couldn't talk. They got a gag order, all right. <laughs> He's got a vowel at the end of his name, so that equals at least seven inches on the worst day. Yeah. That, that one frustrates the shit out of me. Right on. Yeah, because that, that is a fucked up. If you ever get a chance to watch that documentary, that is worth the watch. 
Yes. Because uh, it's something else. You ever been away from the wife? Yes. <laughs> like you knew. Saturday Night Fever. And yet, you know, you got to wonder what happened to him because he was, uh, back when he was in Welcome Back, Carter, he was uh, was about going to get married to uh, an older woman and and all the rest, and then she got, uh, I believe she died of cancer, I want to say. And he somehow went gay there in between when all that went down, I guess, because he's notorious for being, like, he's another one where if it's true, I, I, I can't believe how it hasn't, how he hasn't been outed yet, even though it seems to be one of those things that everybody kind of just claims is fact. But, you know, same with Cruz. There's another one that everyone just kind of says, well, yeah, everybody knows he's gay, but... Who's the other who's the other one? Tom Cruise. I I don't like I you know, I I see his mannerisms and stuff. I don't know. We don't know what Scientology totally is. We got a little fucking thing from uh the King of Queens chick help me with her name, Leanne Leanne uh, Leah Remedy. Remedy. Leah Remedy, yeah. Back to the remedy Back to the remedy Whatever fuck her name is Um that was off her. star She, she was like on, uh, She was on a, on a For a while she was on Saved by the Bell Even though Yeah she was, she was a child star Yeah she and was significantly she, uh, older Than the rest of them but she was still on it And she was hot not necessarily. I mean, maybe you could prove that, but she always had that uh, woman face when she was like twelve. So I don't well, know. I, say, maybe. I want to say that when she was on, when she was on Saved by the Bell, she was already like in her twenties. I want to say, like, and she was much older than they were. Or at least that's what my memory is telling me. Uh, well, I'll have to book my good friend Dustin Diamond next week to find out. 1991. So no. she would have been uh, nine and uh, 26. Yeah, see, she was already uh, 21 years old when she was on that show. I, I I would I would grab Lisa Turtle while she was. You ever see uh, black chicks with leaves smacking their head just because they're itching? I'd grab Lisa Turtle and. And busting nut right in her fucking weave, and then oh, I grabbed so Kelly Kapowski. Uh... <laughs> I grabbed Kelly <laughs> Kapowski. That was always my go-to. From her oh, failed a, career, girl. she probably is a Weinstein cast-off with her failed nonsense career. And, I, and then I was, yeah, she was you know, a, I, she was in a lot of mo- a lot of TV shows for two or three episodes until they were canceled. Yeah. You ever in the middle of an orgasm squeeze the bottom because you want to save it? So I, I, I would just turn it around and, and, and just on her big forehead just to fucking dismiss her relevance. And, you know, you're not um, whatever their names were on the show. Um, you know, the two fucking... No, the, the two dudes. I know it was Zach and fucking... Oh, Zach, uh, and, Sl- Zach and Slater. Later, but I mean, I was trying to think of their real names with the oh, dimples um, on the fucking entertainment Mario tonight. Lopez. And, and uh, uh, William, 
Michael John Pence, Michael Vincer. John Michael Vincer. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, no. He had a three, but he had a three-word name or something. Yeah, so but it wasn't him. Mark Paul Gosselaar. Yeah, fuck you, Gosselaar. Yeah. Um, Mark Paul Gosselaar. Anyhow, but I still have a little bit of nut left, but I respect the girl from Showgirls, whatever her name is. And then when uh, I'd save it up for when that awesome Gina Gershon was like lesbian and up with her and seducing her in that movie Showgirls. And I would just let my swimmers swim wherever they went all over those two fucking I can tell you, everybody talks about what a horrible movie that was. And how it it wasn't horrible to me. Yeah, and it didn't make any money at uh, at the theater, which it didn't. Oh but yeah, the weekly be... box office. She's getting checked yeah. every fucking week from the yeah, replays. That thing had to have done serious business at the rental counter. Yeah, because I don't it did. know a man yet who hasn't seen it. Right on. Residual right paychecks. The... That's what wide yeah. men can't jump. For all you future sponsors and networks, carriers, distributors. We are going to give you many fucking listeners so we can get residuals. And, and we're we'll going to cover the rainbow. We just won't give yeah. you jocks or nerds. We got that covered. But we're going to give you everything. We're going to give you social justice warriors. We're going to give you snowflakes. We're going to give you uh, guys like Armando Martinez, coolest motherfucker. And our new friend, Nas, who I also think from his first appearance anyway is uh, one cool dude. No way around it. Um, yeah. you, know, you can't ask for better uh, better people to do business with than those kind of guys. We might even have some... What I really want to know, which I don't know yet, is if we have any female listeners besides my old lady. She doesn't count. So. I, I would guess very few, but uh, they'll come around. I can't imagine it's very many, but uh, I don't know why not. Because, I mean, God, look at us. What are you saying? My demo about my discussion is based on the male demographic. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't even know what you're inferring about. Look at us. What is that? Like, uh, NBC, is that an NBC show? Yes, it is. No, Uh, this is a Fox show. No, this is a Fox show. Whatever it is. Three fat white dudes getting laid every day. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't partake in any of that. Oh, oh this man. is us. This is us is what you meant to say. Um, you're promoting your own favorite show. I am handsome and spelt. I know. I didn't mean, didn't say otherwise. How many news I stories have we got to pop off in 10 minutes? Well, you don't have to pop off any. You can go anytime you like if you had enough. No, I don't want to go. I just uh, oh. I came on late, and you already had an hour under your belt, I think. Oh, right? well, no. See, the after part can go as long as you want. It just isn't live. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, I mean, considering that I came in for a run-in, I mean, uh, we we should just bang and make people laugh. Well, I don't know. what. Uh, I don't mean bang don't literally, you fucking... Well, okay, I was trying to politely, like, turn you down there, but... You didn't give me a chance. Um, 
All right. How do you feel about the Caitlyn Jenner thing? You got to have something oh, to say about that. You, you brought, did you bring that up earlier or no? Uh, no, we, I tried to, and we never, and we never really talked about it. So I haven't, I haven't had my say on that one either. All right. I just got, I, you know, we've, uh, sent some shit to each other all week or whatever, but you know, it's a rough week for me with people dying and stuff and whatever. But, uh, all I can think of right now is, and I'm I'm being uh, drunkenly, I don't want to say that, buzzingly honest. It's a complete shoot. Bruce Jenner upset me. I have a friend, Karen, who was on our earlier podcast on Wide Men Can't Jump, wherever you fucking listen to podcasts, because you can find us, because we're that day. Everywhere. Uh, my friend Karen, used to be Danny Ozark, is transitioning to a woman. Uh, I love Danny Ozark, so I won't bury him. And uh, I used to be a fan of Bruce Jenner when he was on my Wheaties box, and he did a fucking triathlon, and he was a handsome devil who had a hot wife and a bunch of fucking kids. So obviously he was heterosexual, and all of a sudden, when he got on the Ryan Seacrest, Seacrest out, um, Ryan Seacrest creation, let me uh, get those Kardashian girls because the Kim had a Ray J's penis in her overly hairy Armenian or whatever the fuck they are, poontang. Armenian, no, you're correct. And and did a bad job as opposed to Paris Hilton, which she put out too. Either you or Nate didn't pay attention to the good one where she was blowing some dude and looking up with her sparkling eyes and her beautiful blonde hair. But anyway, that is my fucking cash cow. But I'm not in touch with the with the local new millennials who made the Kardashians a star because. Uh, uh, 70s Bush Armenian fucking definitely smelly asshole because it's so huge she can't wipe herself. Kardashian had the bro Ray J who's uh, on my level as a Z-list celebrity at this point and so is his sister whatever the fuck her name was Shania or Shannon or Sharia or fucking uh, Shabroni or whatever her name was. Um, she was like a star for a minute and then she... Uh, you know, disappeared. But Ray J's her her brother. Uh, but Ray J 